Warning, this show contains mature content and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. to another episode of the rpg show i'm your host nick and once again i'm joined by two awesome guys uh kevin and kyle how y'all doing i'm great uh ready to talk about some rpgs yeah yeah good uh good to be back uh ready to go here as well yeah you uh missed the, the best game of, uh, of all time Congrats. sounds like it congratulations <laughs> on that one that bad. That should have been like a Halloween episode. That thing scares the crap out of you. Definitely like gives you made my hair like on the back of my neck raise sometimes. Oh, we played it close enough to Halloween, like a month off. Yeah. True. That's whatever. (laughs) It's it counts, it counts. Yeah. It's our first Halloween episode. Yeah. That wasn't a Halloween uh, episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, if, uh, if you're new here, um, this is a show where we rate, review, and talk about RPGs. Uh, we usually have a, I think, six-category breakdown. Uh, we talk about gameplay, stories, visual, the music, slash voice acting, our overall experience, if there's any replayability or extra content to the game, and we've added a trophy section, I think, to that. Yeah. Uh, for games that qualify. Uh, we do a rating on a 0.5 to 5 scale, obviously allowing half scores, because I fucked that up uh, very early on. And then uh, Kevin decided to add to the fuckery by bringing the lowest score from a 1 to a 0.5. So, that's where we're at. Um... Today's episode is going to be talking about Radiant Historica, uh, Historia Perfect Chronology, which is a remake, port, remaster version of the original Radiant Historia. But before we get too deeply into that, uh, let's do a little catch-up. Well, what have you been up to, Kevin, besides uh, Radiant Historia? Have you been playing anything else? Uh, the only game I've played in between the last one we did for the show um, was... I did a Jedi Survivor. Um, that's the second one of the uh, PS4, like S5 uh, Jedi games. And if you're a huge Star Wars fan, I would really recommend it. I mean, I to me it's like a five out of five game. I had like so much fun with it, and the story is interesting, and there's some awesome moments in it. Um, like. 
to me, it's probably the best platform. To me, it's my top, like the best platformer I've ever played. Uh, it's a, it's kind of like an action adventure RPG to me. Um, so I loved it. Um, I, I, you said you played it, Kyle. You didn't like it or something. Uh, I played the first one. I didn't like it that much. Oh, it's way better than the first one. You don't even need to play the first. Yeah. One. I would say you don't even have to play the first one because it's like five years later, and I only remember the characters from before really that much, anyways. Um, and they reintroduce you to them, anyways. So, uh, yeah, you only have to play the first one. The second one's like so much better. Uh, it's kind of a uh, like a mix of everything. It's got action adventure. It's got kind of like some Souls like bosses uh, where you. <clears throat> Um, or you can wait to fight them later, or you can try to take them on right away, type of thing. The the regular game isn't too hard as long as you. Uh, it's not hard. I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, ways you can uh, manage it if you're not good at the game. But but it 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 was probably the best game I played last year. So I loved it. Um, other than that, I did. I think I played a little bit of Pokemon, but that's about it. Okay, we're well, going back to the Jedi game. You said you'd recommend it to somebody that loves Star Wars. Uh-huh. Would you recommend it to somebody who doesn't care about Star Wars, or does that impact the experience at all? Um, I mean, definitely, I would recommend it if you. I if you don't like Star Wars, I'm not. I don't think it's going to change your mind or anything. But if you're indifferent, I definitely recommend the game. Just the gameplay loop to me was like amazing. So I just loved like they have a little bit a little elements of everything. It's like they they uh, slowly bring you into it. You build up your powers. You you know there's stuff that's like gated off by abilities. And as you get more abilities, you can go explore more. So they have that little bit of exploring things to it. And then you can recruit characters to like your little town. So you build up your town. There's a little bit of town building element to it. So all those kind of things kind of mixed together made it like a like almost perfect experience for me and like the voice acting and the story is really good so yeah it was great for me so and like did you like do you like souls like games uh nick are you souls like games like we have those uh yes yes i love souls like games Oh, okay. Yeah, there's, like, a few bosses that are, like, really hard. They're, a couple of them are optional, but I guess if you want to get the trophy, they're not. But, uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's all, it, and it's really, you feel really, like, you have to get good at the game to beat them. You can't, like, cheese it. So, um, I don't know if you saw some of those videos I posted. I don't want to, like, ruin, like spoil it for anyone, because it's kind of still new. So, there's a couple, uh couple characters that show up that um, make, if you're in the Star Wars, kind of, are, are interesting as well, so. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I saw the video, you had, like, there's two dudes coming at you with something, and I'm like, oh, okay. Alright, it's, I've, I've seen this fight before. Yeah, that, that lizard guy, uh, he has a one, like, there's like a one-shot kill that guy has, so, if you don't jump at the right time, he'll instant kill you. And so it's kind of frustrating when you like almost beat him, and then his tongue like you jump out of the way, but his tongue like moves and still hits you. So you got to make sure you double jump. And I was playing him before I had like the 
double jump and the dash at the end, you know? So I couldn't even, like, maneuver as well as I could if I just waited till later. So. Okay. So I really had to, like, time my jumps and everything like that. So I feel a little bit more accomplished that way. <laughs> and there's, like, five different uh, stances you can use. So, like, there's regular lightsaber, dual blades. There's, like, the staff-type lightsaber. There's, uh... And there's, like, a... Oh, there's like a saber, lightsaber slash gun stance where you have a, have a blaster. And there's like kind of like a bigger lightsaber, like a broadsword type. So there's diff there's also different moves you can use for those. So it's it's really fun. You can find your own like you know, style and stuff like that. So it's it's like a Souls light. You know, it's not... If you don't like the... the, the it's like the Souls without the getting your ass kicked all the time. It's just only if you want to so so it's just not quite as punishing definitely not as punishing there's like one boss battle that's super punishing um but you could probably cheese it if you like you just uh turn the difficulty down but but yeah you don't have to um there's no trophy for difficulty so you can turn it to whatever you want if you're getting stuck somewhere okay so that's good yeah, I really highly, like, I highly recommend it. So, don't let the first one kind of sour you. Uh, sour, the first one kind of got boring because it's kind of the same thing. You're like, go to planet, do this. Go to planet, do this. But you kind of bounce back, and you can bounce around in this game like a lot earlier. So, and that main, the main world hub is like, like I said, you can only explore so much until you get an, an, an upgraded move, and then you can go to like, you do the jump, jump, dash where. You can get a little bit farther now, or there's some other moves you can get where you can swing across, or whatever it is. There's a, it's fun, yeah. Cool. Uh, what about you, Kyle? What have you been up to? Uh, let's see. Recently played um, Beat Spider-Man Two. Had a good time with that. A uh, really fun game. Um, yeah, I'd suggest it to anyone out there who likes those sort of games. Um, also played the Super Mario RPG remake, had a good time with that, not a lot of additions, but just, you know, good to have. Um, Star Ocean 2 remake, that was fantastic, honestly. Um, would recommend that to anyone who likes those games. It's one of the better quality of life upgrades uh, for a game I've seen in a long time. Like, the game is just streamlined. It's way easier than the old one to do all the extra endgame stuff, so would totally suggest that as well. Um, that's really about it, though. Haven't uh, haven't gotten too much else. Looking forward to some other games coming up, though. Uh, Final Fantasy Remake and uh, Yudin Chronicles as well. All right, sweet. Yeah, um, I just played Spider-Man Two as well, and it's it's really it's uh if you like the first Spider-Man, it's definitely uh, it takes it to the next level. So it's it's just as fun. <laughs> Well, sure, yeah, it's one of all that woke stuff in it, man. You know, pretty, pretty hard to sell for a lot of people. Yeah, the true, but it has no loading screens and runs at sixty FPS. Yeah, that's that's Miles... a pretty good. <laughs> the Miles Morales stuff is more of the woke stuff that you have to deal with in the Peter Parker one, but it is what it is. I just kind of like don't think about it, so. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like. I don't really give a shit. Uh, I'm in another like. I'm in a chat room. Thing about uh, like boosting trophies, boosting trophies and shit. 
And the, like the first thing I ever heard about Spider-Man Two was these people posting like the, uh, like, I guess there's like Black Lives Matter stuff and like some LGBT flag shit somewhere, and they're like, "Look at this fucking game's trash." I'm like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> okay, it's like you could just not go to those places, right? Like it's not. Like, I didn't notice either of those things. I think honestly. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, uh, like whatever. People have got some fucking problems. That's for sure. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, well, for me, I've been playing a fucking eclectic mix of bullshit because of trophies and stuff. So, uh, I uh, I've tried Helldivers out. I think uh, Travis mentioned one. He wanted to play it like four or five fucking years ago. And that's a it's a Fun game. It's a twin stick shooter. Oh, you've played it before? Yeah, I used to play it back in the day. It's a good one. Okay. Yes. Uh, I think. Apparently, people try to like sell it as like a twin stick shooter when it's more like a, a objective game with twin stick shooting elements in it. Mm-hmm. And so it's been I've been playing it solo, and it's been mostly a challenge on some of the higher level stuff. But I'll make it through, I guess, somehow. And uh, I've been doing also the crew, which is a racing sim game. Wow. And its uh, shtick is that it has has a version of the continental US that you can drive across, uh, which is not a lie, but it's very condensed in some places. Like you go straight from like Florida to Louisiana, like there's no Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, they just cut that shit out. Uh, And like Texas, they did Texas dirty (laughs) because you know, everything's bigger in Texas and Texas supposed to be number one, whatever the fuck, Uh, but it's tiny. So I'm sure the Texans were pissed off about that, uh, but California is gigantic. It takes up almost like the entire left side of the map. I'm like, God damn. <laughs> uh, and I'm not normally I don't play normally play, play racing games, so this is, it's I guess further cemented my distaste for them, because uh, it fucking sucks <laughs> playing this shit. Does it get boring after? Uh, uh, it's, well, it's, it's a mix of that because it's like, it's the same, like you're just racing a car, which I guess you could say about like any game, like, oh, you're just doing the same fucking thing, like, yeah. you, but you have different like tracks or whatever. And, uh, it's, it's one of those things where it's, I wish I had like a setup, like with a, a wheel and whatnot to actually like properly simulate driving a vehicle because there's some like very like nuanced, I guess, like turns and like things you can do like in a car that are very difficult to do on a controller uh it would just make things a little bit easier sometimes but i'm pretty much done with it so uh it is what it is um i also played dead rising 2 have either of y'all played the dead rising series before really enjoy those games okay that's a zombie killer one technically i guess Yes. The mall uh, one. Yeah. Yeah, you're stuck in a mall, I think. At least for the first two. I haven't played like three or four or whatever, but like, uh, at least in the first one, uh, you're a, a news reporter guy, I guess, who takes pictures and you're doing a, uh, a case in this mall and there's an outbreak of zombies or some shit. And then the second one, you're a, a sports guy named Chuck, but there's also like a a kind of remake, remastered, I guess, different version, expansion thing of Dead Rising 2 called Off the Record, where you play as the first guy again, Frank West. And it changes the story a little bit and stuff like that. Hmm. Uh, I mean, it was okay. I, uh, 
another one of those games where it got old quick because it's uh, a lot of waiting for like a new case to pop up if you're not saving survivors and shit and not in the mall and you're just kind of like doing the same thing to kill zombies and shit over and over again but it was fine it was an okay experience and uh i had some other shit but the most fun one i had playing was that rhythm final bar line uh, i don't know if you guys like rhythm games but if you like any of the Square Enix music that they've ever put out, it's mostly in there, and most of the songs are fun to play. And uh, I got a big, like, hit of nostalgia uh, just playing the game and listening to a bunch of the songs and stuff. And so I'd recommend it even for somebody to casually play. Cool. Yeah, heard good things about that. Alrighty. Well, without further ado, let's talk about Radiant Historia. Perfect chronology. Um, so this game is a turn-based RPG with a 3x3 grid system for the enemy side. Your characters are static, all the enemies you're able to move around uh, in combat, and we'll get into more of that later. Uh, but the theme of the game is, I guess, time traveling and uh, restoring... I guess the planet or the continent to this, or at least stopping it from getting worse. So I guess like a equivalent would be like a climate thingamajig, I guess. Uh, you've got, I think, eight playable characters. And uh, you control a bunch of different characters in your party uh, at different points in time because things are happening. Uh, there's a lot of political drama, I guess you could say, going on, uh, like where there's scheming on both sides of, uh, like, the conflict, and it's two, uh, I guess I'd call them cities at war. There's, uh, Grand Org and Alistel, and your character starts in Alistel, but then you kind of go out and may find yourself switching sides. Uh, overall, it's, uh, I think, one of the crowning jewels of the DS. So if you've never played on the DS, uh, I don't know if I would recommend playing on the 3DS. If you, unless you hack your 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 3DS now, you can't get the DLC anyway. Uh, but the DLC apparently makes the 3DS version more palatable because it feels like they took stuff out in order to microtransaction people to make the game not I don't know, as easy as it's supposed to be. Or whatever, because the game. The remember on the three D on the regular DS, like money was plentiful. I don't remember having uh, as much. Like I guess an issue sometimes in fighting battles because my gear was always up to date and shit. And it feels like they nerfed a lot of stuff, uh, like a, a lot of the gear, like a lot of the ways to make money. A lot of the stuff costs more, I think, uh, in some of the shops. So overall, they made it a, I guess, a less user friendly experience. But so I don't know if that's like a good or a bad thing. Um... Yeah, I played it on the. I played it on my 3ds. It was alright. I mean, like, like we were saying in the pre-show, like, you basically can afford one upgrade per character per time, like the, the uh, shops update, and you basically, whoever gets the highest bump in your main team, that's usually what you do. Um, there's a way to make money later in the game once you can, uh, once you can go to, uh, what's that? 
all the time. Yeah, at the end of time or whatever it is. And you can um, buy a bunch of that stuff and sell it. But <clears throat> you can actually, uh, what I did was I farmed the War Goddess node uh, in the possible history because that was like a thing where you just put bots and gap in your party and then move forward and you fight like six or seven dudes or something. And then with Gafka, uh, well, you, you put a trap down in the center tile, and then Gafka just pulls everybody in there, and uh, Sox just like does a finishing blow, and you wipe the whole field out, and you get like 5,000 gold or whatever, mm -hmm. and it takes like 30 seconds. So I just kept loading that spot and doing it, and I was like, all right, and it's decent experience. Smart. But yeah, uh, I guess... Uh... <laughs> Not much more to say about the game. We can go into uh, the gameplay if you'd like to. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> um, so for gameplay, uh, you know, kind of break it down to a couple categories. Um, first one, battle system. As Nick already uh, mentioned, it's a three by three enemy grid, and you are static. Or your characters are static. Um, and then it's a turn-based uh, RPG where it has a turn order. Um, and kind of like Trails a little bit where you can see the turn order. Um, but one of the main differences, differences is that you can basically manipulate it um, from the start. So depending on speed or whatever the metric is, uh, it shows, you know, the... the uh, the characters on the screen and shows who's next and whatever um, and when your character is up you can um, choose to switch swap it with any other character portrait on the screen um, so when you do that uh, the, the strategy on that is um, you know you want to get all your characters together because they're the way the battle system works um, you can push all the enemies uh, onto like the same grid if the, if you have the, the abilities to do it. So like you can hit them to the left, hit them to the right, push them to the back. Um, like you were mentioning earlier, Nick, like Gafka has a move where he sucks everyone into the middle, um, and everyone on the same if whatever uh, enemies are on that uh, one grid, they all take the same dam like they take all the damage at the same time. So that's kind of the strategy is kind of get all the enemies onto one one square and then use your best move to kind of whittle away their uh, the HP. Um, basically all the characters have unique abilities. I mean there's some like uh, some characters have like the same abilities like um, hit left or hit right or push back or something like that and but then there's like more like unique every character has like their own unique ones they get too uh, most of the abilities you get are from leveling up but there are other abilities you can learn um, through side quests that's usually the more typically the more powerful ones um <coughs> oh uh as you get through the game you get um, another ability What's it called? Um, mana Burst. And 
And Mana Burst first starts as just like a turn break where you can basically eliminate an enemy's turn. And I know, I know for one uh, boss battle, that's a really good strategy because he will say he's charging up his attack and then you can eliminate his next one. So that way he doesn't uh, get to use his, you know, super powerful attack. And then there's also um, two more ma mana burst moves you get, which is our, like, kind of like a limit break or whatever you want to call it. Um, and they're all kind of unique to the character. Uh, I think that's... I mean, there's also items you can use. So there's some items that are kind of broken. Um, you can get... The, the most broken one is called uh, Shield Shield Seed Plus, um, where basically well, it blocks two attacks for your whole uh, party. So, you know, there's there's one uh, one or two boss battles that are like the the only re the only one time I use it's when I had to fight the uh, Grandmaster and your Shadow Stocks. Um, Actually, you can't use him against Shadowstock because he'll just instant kill you. So basically, you had to use it for the Grandmaster to whittle him, whittle him away. Is that kind of the same strategy you guys use, or did you use the Ott uh, Gafka move? No, I use the same one as you. Yeah, pretty much with Ott Gafka when possible. Yeah. See, I didn't realize he was that that OP. Um, but uh, like I said, like we were talking about before, um, the way the game works is that. For the most part, um, your main party is uh, uh, Marco and Rainy, so they're going to be your most leveled up. Uh, that's another thing they kind of gimp you on is that the party, the party members not in your party don't gain any. Ex well, they don't, don't. They definitely don't get any experience when they're not with you, and when they are just on the bench, they get like half experience. So it really gimps them. Uh, like we we're saying, um, who's that? Who's that one guy that we were talking about that? He basically is worse useless. Rosh. Rosh, yeah. So, um, so that's basically it for the battle system. Unless you guys have anything else you want to add. No, Nick. No. Okay, I'll uh, we'll move on to. I will add that like chaining stuff. I guess. Uh, did you say it makes your attacks stronger each, like, the further the chain goes on? Oh, I did not. You can build a combo. Uh, that also influences how, apparently, how well, like, your, your stealing chances. But I swear to God, like, there were some fights I spent, like, 30 minutes to an hour, like, building, like, a 60 chain and trying to steal. And I just never got the item. And I said, this is a waste of my fucking time. <laughs> and it just moved on. I think you actually get better at golden experience per fight, too, with the combos. Oh, that's right. You get a little bonus at the end. Um, yeah, for stealing, uh, I think it's uh, only stock can steal. Or is it another? No. Ah, uh, can. Ah, can steal too. Yep. Um, and yeah, I'd always try to steal stock first, like every time I fought a boss. I should have just looked it up and saw who had something worth stealing, because sometimes I'd be like, oh, I just got like a potion. That's a waste of my time. Um, oh, there's another. Uh, there's also like passive moves uh, your party can get, so. Um... And this is a new addition to the 3DS version. Oh, this is new. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, so. Like for example, uh, support attack, um, or like a stamina boost. So, 
like rainy. I'm just looking at her uh, skills right now. So um, some of them, you I think one or two you get through leveling up, but the majority of them you get from items you buy, and you use them on uh, your characters, and then they have like support attacks that I don't know what the chances of them are. Go, I think as you chain, they go up maybe. Um, but they'll do like an attack or a heal or uh, will steal sometimes or they'll poison whatever it is that move they have if they're not in your party they'll uh, help you out in battle so that's also a nice uh, uh, little you know, battle system addition they, they put in there so um, I really like the battle system uh, definitely keeps you engaged because you can, you know you're basically strategizing how to who to take out first and how you're gonna do it and you're kind of playing around with <coughs> turn order like I gotta have stock first, and then Marco, and then Rainy, and then, or I gotta do stock, stock, Rainy, or whatever it is you want to do. Um, it definitely keeps it from getting stale too quick. Uh, it does start doing that towards the end, but that's like a lot of games. But uh, I think they did a good job with that. Um, anything else, battle system wise? No. Uh, Many games. I don't think there were any. Uh, I can't remember any that there were. Let's see, I'm missing something. No. Okay. Vault of Time, maybe, but not really. What is it? The Vault of Time, where you go and you fight and get the extra stuff. Um, oh, that little extra... Yeah, that's a good uh, place to kind of level up, but even then it takes too long to... like. It's weird, like... the Even like the under-level characters don't gain levels as quick. Like most games, they like they have like a mechanic where they can easily level back up to your level, but they don't. They didn't really do that in this game. No, there's a there's a boss that was added for the DS in that area, but the item you get from it isn't that good. Otherwise, I just used it to buy like extra herbs that I needed. Yeah, that's how you get like this the shield plus thing um, from. You can buy it from them, from there. That's so. I did that. Uh, I stocked up on those when I went to go fight the master. So that's how I took them out. Um, okay, traversal. Uh, nothing really too exotic here. It's just point to point on the map. <clears throat> uh, most things are blocked by story, so you can only go so far on the map anyways. It's just basically on the rails. <clears throat> um, the, and then when you're on the screen, you're just there's no... You're just a character running around, basically. There's no mounts or anything like that you can get. Uh, which it makes sense. I mean, this is a 3DS game. They probably want to save <clears throat> their memory for stuff that matters. So you only have so much you can do. So I don't really dock them for that. <clears throat> well, there's kind of fast travel, too, right? With uh, going to the, the White Chronicle. To get to it. Like, I don't know. How would, you, would that be considered fast travel? Or like just moving to a different part of the story because like when you move to a different node you're technically like warping somewhere yeah. but you're also like taking yourself to a different part of the story yeah but you can't warp through like a dungeon or anything you have to go through it so if it's blocked off you still have to go through. you can't like warp ahead of it but yeah uh, in... well if there's a node ahead of it you can warp past it right but if you have to like, go back sometimes, you have to go through like a 
a, like like a the forest area sometimes and you it's faster just to run through it than it is to go back in time in the light chronicle and go forward in time and whatever so right you also have to remember where the fuck the note is at <laughs> yeah I'm like oh this is not the place i wanted to be yeah sometimes you're like where i don't know how to get back to which node am i supposed to go to and they're like there's so many fucking nodes i don't remember because it's like they should, yeah they should have uh i think what they would have helped is if they put like different pictures for the nodes or something so you can remember what it was because sometimes you're like I, I don't know what that was what was that in the beginning of the game, it's not so bad, but once you get to, like, chapter four and five, it's, like, kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. And then once you, the other part, I think, this, I guess is more story, but once you get later in the game, you're like, which trainee is this? Which Marco? They kind of, like, they kind of combine, like, you know what I mean? There's not, like, a set difference anymore. Um, everyone kind of, like, amalgamates together, basically. Yeah, they say that, like, there's in the plot like oh when stuff happens in one timeline it, inter- it affects the other timeline which i didn't understand that too much but you know whatever yeah i try not to think of like the, the time travel rules because it's not really time travel it's like time it's almost like you're going to a different dimension but you can also go in time it's like two different timelines but that's just to me that's just two different dimensions or um well the, i think if we want to talk about this we have to get some society really heavy uh, like theorizing of stuff, like <laughs> yeah, and I'm not. They get pretty deep there. <laughs> that might be a story topic. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a story. But <clears throat> um, gameplay wise, yeah, you can jump up. So in this one, they added a third timeline, but it's not really a timeline. It's just possible, like different nodes of possible futures. Um, and it's just basically, um, a what if uh this happened or that happened, and you, you just got to do it to get you know, the the item to get the, the good ending, basically. You have to do a, like, it's almost like a fetch fetch quest, basically. Uh, hey, I need the, every one of those possible histories, you gotta get the thing uh, and bring it back, and then you do the next one, get the thing, bring it back. You know, there's some interesting story beats or whatever, like a what if, but... Um, Fortunately, those things aren't too long, so I, I did them all. I mean, t- like whenever one popped up, so I, I knew if I had to do them all at once, I probably would have uh, been kind of bored or annoyed with them. Did you guys not like? What do you guys think of those like the possible history things we had to do? I did them when they popped up, like you did, and I had a good time with them. Honestly, I thought it was a nice addition, and then it does kind of tie in the story more towards the end um, when you get them all done. Um, but there were times where, like, I half completed one and forgot until the very end of the game, and I did have to do about five of them in a row, and it got a little annoying. Uh, I did them as I popped up too, and uh, I wish there was like some kind of a notation before you started it, like, "Hey, there'll be no." F- battles here or there'll be a battle here or something because a couple times I was like oh I'm missing help let me go to a different node and heal up and then I'd go back there and then it's like oh just walk around and talk to people and then you get a full heal at the end and I was like fuck I just wasted like it wasn't that much time like a minute but yeah, still a little slightly annoying that was kind of annoying too like if you're going into the White Chronicle or uh, the Red Book what, what the ship part uh, there should have been like the a a mess or something. Yeah, she should have just healed you whenever you got there because sometimes you're coming from a boss fight 
you're going to the White Chronicle and like, oh, a new node opened up, and then you go to that and you haven't been healed yet, or they just healed you from, you know, right after the boss battle. So yeah, that was kind of healing was kind of uh, not the most accessible either, which was kind of annoying. This is a a more like pros cons I guess statement like likes or dislikes, uh, but I'm probably going to forget if I don't mention it now. Sure. Uh, and I I know that. Uh, ch- fuck, chained echoes. Is it unchained echoes? It's chained echoes. Chained right? echoes, yeah. Yeah, fuck. I always want to call it unchained, but uh, I know it's like a more modern game, but it, in the same uh, like, I guess vein as uh, this game, Radiant uh, Historia, it almost feels like Radiant Historia asks you to use as many of your resources as possible in, in each fight, but then doesn't restore them at the end. Whereas, like, Chain Echoes is also like, hey, use everything you got, but then you get a fool here at the end of the battle. Yeah. And that just felt way more... Fun? It felt nice. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Refreshing. <laughs> right. Like, in this in this game, like, I avoided fighting because I'm like, fuck, I, I don't want to have to waste all my MP. Uh, I know there's going to be a boss coming up eventually. Um, I don't want to... Like, I have, I, I'm broke, so I don't want to have to go and, like, farm and spend money uh, that I can't really afford for, like, MP restoring items and shit. Or, like, I don't want to get so far into a part of the game and there's no new node to warp to yet that I have to feel like I have to leave go somewhere to rest at an inn and then redo all this content again. Right. Yep. Yeah. You're like kind of at the mercy of like the story, like come on, find give me to this town or give me to the next town so I can at least, uh, go to an inn. And so I can, yeah, not waste all, because you know, by the, by the midpoint of the game, I probably had like 99 of those 10 MP items from, you know, the, that one, uh, optional dungeon, but before then, yeah, you didn't you didn't want to use your healing because you used up magic points, and you wanted to save that for boss battles. So I'm I'm with you on that. All right, um, shops. Uh, each town, um, for the most part, had an item shop and a weapon shop. Um, the weapon shop had armor and uh, weapons for. Usually the characters you had in your party, and the item shop, uh, you know, had your standard, you know, magic points, uh, MP up, uh, heals, and um, what were the items called that you can like throw into enemies and they would like give them wings? Huh? Yeah, the wings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or there's like yeah. Yeah, there's like sleep wing, power down, magic down. Um, there's herbs you can get that will increase your character's attack, defense, whatever. And then there's like, you know, the cures, like poison cure, fear, like it's called anti-poison, anti-fear. So there's, you can buy most of that stuff um, from the item shops. You know, they get more as the story goes on and the, char- the characters get stronger, the enemies get stronger. I probably would have had more money too if I sold anything. I I'm like I hate selling my I, uh, my armor and stuff in games because you never know when you, the one time you sell something and you and, you know you need it later on in the game. I hate that shit. But... Well, about like PTSD from like Final Fantasy Nine, I think where yeah. you go to that one dungeon where you have to equip the weakest gear you possibly can because like oh everything's inverted there or something like that. 
And yeah. So I I always keep my shit. <laughs> yeah. That because you never know. The whole game scared you for life. So yeah. Um. And then uh, there's uh, sometimes there's like if you're in between towns, there'll be like a little uh, merchant guy that you can go buy both from. And they put the best weapon shop in the game in like some random area, like. It was like the that one fort. Sand fortress. Sand fortress. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the sand fortress merchant who just has the best items right outside of a battlefield. Good for him. <laughs> Put that in the middle. He's of the a place. he's a savvy businessman. He knows exactly. <laughs> yeah, but you have to drag your ass out there, and you don't remember which note it was, and you're like, oh, that's stupid. He's standing like 50 meters away from a trap. Honestly, yeah. guy's got balls. Oh, that, that's. <laughs> That's the other thing I forgot about uh, gameplay. There's like, um, so your main character stock gets different abilities throughout the game. Uh, at first, you basically don't have anything. You can like use your sword to like hit the enemies to stun them, and that's kind of also like uh, trails a little bit. Um, and I, was, I gotta say real quick that that is some, also some bullshit because the game's like, oh yeah, if you hit an enemy, you can get a preemptive. Strike. attack on him you don't. and that doesn't fucking work all the time yeah. sometimes you do and then usually <laughs> they go before you like there's one time there's the only time i got a game over i hit an enemy and they still had like four attacks before me and then they they stoned my whole party or some shit because they were like chickens i could petrify i think they're like oh, cockatrices those blue chicken? I'm like yeah i was like this, well, i didn't even have a chance to do anything this is bullshit yeah they, they that's like at the beginning of the game too that they, they totally like uh you can get fucked really hard here like, oh, cool, thanks. That's yeah, right at the beginning. appreciate it. Thanks for letting me know. Um, so later in the game, like, your sword gets upgraded so you can uh, cut down vines and break rocks. Not break rocks. Oh, yeah, there's, like, little stones you can get that give you mad MP up. Um, you learn how to use, like, these barrels for uh, dynamite and stuff like that so you can uh, blow up. It's basically like the the dynamite thing is like gating, so you can't get too far in the game early on. Um, and then uh, there's a you can turn invisible, which I didn't ever use besides that one couple points you needed to in the story, or if like I was really close to death, I always forgot about it though. Did you ever use it that much? The um, I didn't because it drains your MP. Oh yeah. And... Like I know you, it'll you, it makes you like immune to enemies and shit or whatever. And I guess if I had remembered <laughs> to use it, like it could have like gotten you through dungeons faster or something maybe. Because then you could just heal your MP with items, I guess. But yeah, I was just like, oh, let me try to hit these enemies, and then I mistime my swings, and they just run into me. I'm like, well, I guess I'm doing a fight. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those ones where it's like cool when you first get it, but then you don't ever use it because you forget about it. And then there's another move you get where. There's like hidden items on the screen. They turn like there's hidden chests or like the barrels are hidden. So you, <clears throat> um, they'll like show up. And then after the first time you see them, they're always there. But um, and, and it's good that they make it automatic. Like it's a passive ability because I feel like I've played games where like you get this kind of scanning ability, but that you have to literally press a button and wait for it to scan the field and then move and then scan the field again. And that's not entertaining. Yeah. That yeah, that sucks. So that was like that Star Ocean game we we got. We were that uh, yes. 
<laughs> Every time you're anywhere, just keep fucking scanning. <laughs> yep. Um. Uh. So yeah, that's that's the shops. There's any other shop? Well, there's uh the shop you get the end of time or whatever where you can trade stuff. Uh, that's how you get some of those special abilities. But yeah, basically there's only two shops in an inn. Um, sometimes the inn is free. Uh. But. Most of the time it's like 50 gold or something like that. But that's basically it on shops. Um, what is unique? Uh, well, the time travel mechanic where, uh, you know, you get stuck in one timeline. You have to go to the next timeline to you progress that storyline to you get to a point where you get a new ability. Then you take it back to the next timeline. You kind of jump back and forth. And then when you get to some of these side quests, sometimes you have to jump way far back. So back before, you know, you start on one side, like we were saying uh, earlier, you start on one side of uh, the war, you end up on the other side of the war, then you're back in the middle, then you're, you know, you, you jump around a lot. So sometimes you're enemies, sometimes you're friends, and you gotta remember which, which uh, node that is, so you can go back there and kind of get the MacGuffin that you're trying to find, or get the item from someone, or some kind of knowledge from someone else, so... um. That's definitely, uh, I don't think any other game really has done that. Maybe, I guess, kind of Chrono Trigger does that a little bit, I guess. Where you can jump around to different timelines to get things. But uh, uh, the way they did it here is, is uh, very enjoyable. I definitely had uh, enjoy, had a good time uh, figuring things out and running around. And, um, it's kind of good and bad. Like, it wasn't two like the two timelines aren't that different you know what i mean there wasn't like on this timeline this person's evil and this timeline this person's good it's more it's just you took a different path on this one um but i don't know overall uh gameplay wise i you know i i had a really good time with this game to me it's one of the best 3ds ds rpgs um I hadn't really thought about the list of that. Um, maybe Mario Luigi Saga or something like that's up, up there. But uh, I think if I was gonna, if I had to pick one RPG to play for the DS or 3DS, it'd probably be this one. Um, what about you, Nick? Or you, you kind of on the same page on that? I don't really do portable gaming too much, but I would say that this is definitely one of the best like jrpgs on handheld in general yeah um i did read that they were thinking about porting the uh, perfect chronology to the vita first but then somebody in marketing was like oh the 3ds is pulling bigger numbers or whatever and i guess the vita is dying or some bullshit so they swapped over to the to the 3ds and i was like why not both <laughs> yeah no shit <laughs> should have done them both but uh yeah i think the gameplay in this game, uh, it has a lot of like high high notes, and then there's also like a some stuff like question, like, I guess questionable design choices and stuff like. Um, sometimes like normal enemy encounters were more challenging than boss encounters like in, in the same zone, and that's because there's so many of them, and if you're unlucky enough with like a turn order, like the enemies will just like target one character and kill them, and you're like, all right, well. That that really sucks, because not only do I have to waste a turn reviving them, 
but that's so that like that loses two character turns out of the three that you get and the enemies get five more turns again after that it's like fuck man let me catch my breath uh this is pretty fucked up and uh like manipulating the enemies on the grid is like a neat thing that's like interesting and fun like when they first introduce it but but before you get like ot uh, and Gafka and uh, characters that can really like take advantage of manipulating the grid. Uh, you're stuck with characters that don't have any strong attacks that do manipulating. Like you just push left, right, forward, back, or whatever, and it doesn't do much damage. So it feels like a waste of a turn to do that. And uh, it's more efficient sometimes to just stack damage on one particular enemy and take him out instead of trying to manipulate a whole fucking group of them. Because if you try to ch change your turn and with an enemy's turn like your character gets vulnerable and so they're more uh subject to getting critical hit and if the enemies decide to tag up on that character or whatever reason or you fuck up your like turn order things and they take too much hits before you can heal them uh like that just fucking kills your momentum and you're back at square one so it's uh it's like a mix of like trying to be smart and, if it... and also being lucky and uh, so I think like the most important stat in this game is defense, which is weird to say for like an RPG because if you're dying, you can't do anything. And mm. a lot of the characters uh, until like late in the game, for some reason the bounce seems weird. Like enemies were super strong, uh, feeling like early on and like midway, and then like towards end game, like even my glass ca cannon characters were taking that much damage from stuff, even though like they had half the defenses everybody else. So I was like, okay, this is fine now. I'm feeling comfortable with the game at this point. And I don't know if that was because the characters sort of leveled up or... Well, I think... Uh, because I get, I get the good armors and shit or whatever, but... Part of it, I think, is that you don't really get any AoE attacks until, like, late game. And once you get to late game, like, Stock gets his own, like, one-line, you know, type of hit. And there's other AoE... Oh, he gets, like, a cross thing. He yeah. gets a couple lines... So once you get that, then it doesn't feel like you're wasting the turn by hitting them left or right. You know, you kind of figure out, okay, there's three enemies in this line here. Okay, this is where we're gonna start, and then you can kind of go from there. So right, or like like uh, Kyle, you're saying there's that one move that just hits the whole screen that you use. I mean, I, I think it's interesting that we all have our we we all kind of pick different parties. So that was kind of cool. Like there is a I guess there is a a party for everyone that you you do the gravitate to so right um but uh overall for me like i mean i had a great time i mean this is my second time playing through it so you know it's not as fresh or uh you know i know about it it's not kyle was this your first time my first time playing this yeah so it's probably a little different for you um even though i don't really remember i didn't really remember as much you can still i remember like the gameplay loops and all that kind of stuff like you know you you feel it so it wasn't probably like as good as the first it definitely wasn't as good as the first time but i still had an amazing time um like i said it, it's probably the best handheld um so i wanted to have us play you know get that into our like uh list of games we've played and talked about um and if anybody hasn't played it, it's definitely a i would say it's a hidden gem because it's you know, unless you have you're older like we are and have a 3ds, probably never heard of it. Um, so it's definitely a, I highly recommend it. To me, it's a, the gameplay is four out of five. 
Uh, Kyle, what about you? Is your your first time playing it? What what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, first time playing it, I thought the battle system was really fun uh, when you started, but then I thought it got a little old as the game progressed. Um, the new abilities and the ways to move the enemies around on the battlefield were enough to keep me satisfied. And I think it was nice that, like you said, you can kind of use whatever character you want, kind of mix it up, and, and we all play differently. So that was pretty cool overall. But I think it does just get a little um, stale towards the end of the game um, once some of the... You know, you have only so many possible combinations of nine enemies on a grid, and after a while you've seen them all. So you're kind of just going back and doing a certain amount of things after a while. It's almost like studying chess for 40-some hours. Like, you just kind of see the patterns, and when you get there, it gets a little older, boring. Um, I thought the leveling system was okay, but um, it got a little old with the enemy or the players not in your party and not leveling up at all. Kind of made it difficult to want to use some of them. Um, Vault of Time I thought was fun, but I didn't really use it till the end of the game. Um, so for that, uh, the battle system, you know, I, I did think it was good overall. The rest of the stuff, you know, shops or whatever, traversals, pretty common overall. Um, I did like moving through the Historia page, having, you know, like 20 to 40 different areas you could jump into instead of just 8 to 12. So that was kind of a nice change on that end, and I did like the addition of the alternate um, timeline as well. Um, we kind of talked about the shops before, I'm just going to go over that again, just because I have notes about it. Uh, it was hard to grind for cash at times, playing on the DS version. I feel like it just wasn't, like the rest of the game was really streamlined. You kind of knew what you were doing, damage was good enough, enemies were easy enough in certain places, bosses were a little difficult, but you just could never keep up with the equipment for every character in the game. That just like doesn't make me feel good playing, because I like to do that. Um, I probably spent about three hours grinding for cash in the game, and after a while, it's like, what's the point even? The the increases you get just really aren't worth it, but it's hard to understand that it's not worth it being your first time playing. So I think that kind of that weirded me out just a little bit. Um, otherwise, uh, unique stuff. The gameplay was pretty unique. I just really can't think of a ton of different segments like that. And I did like their take on time travel um, more than a lot of other games I've played. Played a lot of games with time travel lately, honestly. Um, played Dark Cloud 2, um, a couple other ones here or there. But, but I feel like this is one of the better ways to do it with um, having a perfect timeline that you're reaching towards instead of having a bunch of branching paths that have different things happen. Uh, so gameplay wise, overall, I'm going to give this a three and a half out of five, uh, close to a four, but I think it just got a little stale towards the end. Okay. Um, for me, I like I said, uh, like I like the battle system at the beginning, like, and then it kind of got fucky wucky, and then towards the end, as like things opened up, I was like, okay, uh, I'm liking this again. Mostly because I could just, like, nuke everything. And I was like, fuck yeah. Great. Uh, like, that's my favorite thing about games. The power fantasy shit. Mm -hmm. Like, having your characters be strong as fuck and just destroying everybody. Uh, there's nothing more gratifying to that than that, in my opinion. So, Especially when you're earning. Uh, you put the time in. And then you... Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is... I've This is the culmination of my efforts. Right. And I, I need to see that reflected in my experience. That's why I don't really like games where the enemies level with you, because it's, it feels like it's nullifying that. 
uh, like effort I'm putting in. Um, so something like this where you can, uh, like Kyle said, like the enemies have different positioning, and I don't think we touched on like the enemies also have like different uh, amounts of the grid they take up. So sometimes you get an uh, enemy encounter where there's like just like four or five one uh, dudes taking one spot, and then you have another encounter where you have two dudes taking one spot, and then like two more dudes taking two spots in different configurations. Uh, and that's not sometimes accurately reflected in like their character models. So, and I'd get confused on occasion and be like, oh, I could push this guy backwards, and then I'd go to push him, but he would move back to his spot because there's no room for him to stay in the back row or whatever. I'm like, fuck. I fucked up. I'm stupid. <laughs> uh, so that was like, it's a thing where you have to pay attention to what you're doing, which I appreciate mostly. And then, uh, like, when the game's getting old, you're like, fuck, I don't want to have to pay attention. I just want to auto-battle everything. Um, which can be feasible sometimes. Uh, mostly, it's not feasible. And you're if you're going to do that, you're better off just running away. Because you'd, you'd lose more than you would gain from fighting. Because, uh, like uh, Kyle mentioned, maybe just knows, I don't know if he said it, but, like, you're fighting encounters, and shit costs, like, 20k, and you're getting 700 gold for a battle. It's like, what the fuck? Why? Why am I doing this? I don't get... I don't really get rewarded for this, so this is kind of waste my time. Um, as for everything else, everything else is pretty basic, as, as we said. Um, the time travel stuff... This is more, I guess, more plot-related. I've got some stuff I want to mention about it, but uh, mechanic-wise, uh, it, it functioned pretty well. Um... I think I prefer something like uh, 13 Sentinels. Uh, but I guess that's more like a visual novel type thing, so it's different implement implementation. But it's definitely a unique uh, way that they implemented time travel in this game. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm also going to go 3.5 out of 5. And that will bring us to our first musical break. Uh, as has become tradition, it is going to be the main theme of the game in honor of Brent. Uh, and it's called... Is it just called Radiant Historia? That's what it said on the uh, YouTube page, but, you know. Alright, well, I guess it's uh, this is Radiant Historia. Enjoy. Thank you. 
for everybody's favorite segment, story time. Um, this is going to be. I'm not gonna like do a step by step because it's it's time travel in the. Probably no. There's only 284 story points in this game. Let's cover them all. <laughs> and uh, you know you have to go back and forth and blah blah blah. So um, I'll just try to give a general gist of what's going on. If I miss stuff, please uh, interject, guys, because uh, it's gonna be a lot of I guess stuff to go over. But essentially, uh, this game takes place on I think I mentioned before like a dying continent. Uh, we don't know much about the world at large, but essentially this one continent is the, uh, I guess, the place where the game takes place. It's called uh, Van Kerr. Um, and there's humans and, like, beast people that live here. Uh, it was once ruled by, uh, like, a super technologically advanced uh, empire that fell to ruin. Uh, and now there's uh, a couple of, I guess, cities... Uh, that are at war with each other uh, for a couple reasons. Um, the big one is that uh, there's an ideological difference between the two countries uh, or cities, Grand Org and Alistel. Um, and uh, the person that founded Al uh, Alistel is the prophet Noah, and he came from Grand Org before, but I guess there was a I guess a theological difference or a philosophical difference between the way that Granard was doing stuff and what Noah liked or whatever. So he left. Hey, quick and brought some people. Quick, uh, what's up? I can't remember. Was no? Did they show Noah at all in the first, in the original game? No, because he's dead. Right, <clears throat> but they never showed like him at all. Right, this is just, that was just in this game. Right, because you see okay. him in the possible history stuff. Yeah, okay. I couldn't remember. I was like, was he... Did they show him at all in the first game? I couldn't remember, so... Okay, cool. Go ahead. That was supposed to be, like, the big plot twist or whatever, I guess. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. But, uh... Uh, yeah, because, like... They, they kind of hint at it with Hugo, like, being like, oh, the Prophet Noah says this, Prophet Noah says that, blah, blah, blah. And people being like, oh, I've, we've seen Noah. He's just been sick for a while, or kind of thing, or whatever. Right. Um, and then they really just come out and say it, that he's been dead or whatever, I think, for a while or some shit. Or in cryostasis or something, because some of the possible histories are like, oh, he's perfectly fine, but he's got like a cough. And then some of them are like, oh, man, he's fucking dying. And then some are like, oh, he was kept in cryostasis and he used his last breath to call Hugo a dumbass and shit. It's like, all right. <laughs> well, uh, well, they something's going on with him. They, uh, well. For the perfect chronology of this game, they added that you could save him. Did you not? Did you do that? Oh, but the uh, the flux core you get from them or whatever. Yeah. Because his is broken or some bullshit. Yeah, that's why he's mm -hmm. in stasis in the main game. Right. No, because that's all new content. Yeah. So I think in the the original version of the game, if I if my memory is not failing me, uh. Not only don't you not save Noah, you also don't save stock and shit. Because that's all new. Okay. Because, uh... I think you can have stock, like, come back, but the, like, the, the original ending that you see before you go do, like, the boat stuff, like, where stock just, like, it shows him coming back, but it doesn't show, like, the results of him coming back. <clears throat> that was the, the best ending on the DS. And then on this one... You can see the results of him coming back. Okay. 
Yeah. Like, like I said, it's been a long time. Because I, I remember I read people had some, like, they were upset because, like, oh, they took away the whole purpose of the, the sacrifice or whatever with this new ending or whatever. It sounds like. Okay, so they left the, in the original game, they mm -hmm. left him dead, but maybe if you're, maybe you're right with the true ending thing, they show him coming back. Kind of like a Commander Shepard destroy ending thing where you see his hand come out. Like, oh, he's, is he alive? He's a little. He's alive. Okay, cool. There's no explanation beyond that. But. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Okay. So there you go. I'm just trying to figure out where I'm at. Yeah. Um, so, so essentially, uh, Prophet Noah left Grand Org, and he got some people with him, and he founded Alistel. And uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess for the people that live there, they became more of a uh, like a theologically uh, religious. Like ruled country city as opposed to Grand Org, which is a strict like uh, monarchy. Um, so that kind of brings a different thought process to each of the two uh, countries. I just call them countries from now on uh, in general. And uh, at some point, the people of Alistel uh, came to think that Grand Org was responsible for this sand plague, which is where people just turn into sand. Um, and then also, they are also responsible for the, uh, the land itself becoming uh, desert, essentially. Uh, I think that it's called the certification, uh, where pretty much everything just fucking turns into sand and nothing can live anywhere. No, I just realized. So, Sorry. Just, what's that? It just hit me. This is the plot of Final Fantasy 16. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah essentially yeah holy shit <laughs> pretty close mana, mana's getting sucked out from the land and being well i don't think is the mana in, in this game is always being put to anything right it's just being dissipated no it's getting sucked in by that uh one like monster you gotta fight at the end oh right 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 well you talking about the singularity or are you talking about you're not talking about like the heist abomination thing right no like the uh What's that chick's name on the boat? Her boyfriend. Messia. Yeah. Okay, I haven't done that part of the, the extra content yet, so that, oh, you can oh. fill me in on this shit. Okay, when you get, we'll get there, I'll let you know. Okay. Um, yep, so pretty much the world's getting fucked. And uh, <laughs> Stock is uh, the main character of the game, and he's introduced as a... Uh, I guess he's a spy, um, a part of the... Uh, God damn it, it's not Spec Ops, but uh, Special Intelligence. Yeah. Um, army for uh, Alistair. And his, his superior heist sends him on a mission, um, and he gives him this White Chronicle, uh, which doesn't do anything. And Sock's like, what the fuck's the point of this? And Heist is like, oh, you know, something might, it might help you out with a, whatever, something. Uh, being kind of vague about it. Uh, and he sends with him these two mercenaries, uh, because Stock, I guess, has a, a habit of Coming back alone from uh, missions, uh, he sends these two people with him as tools. Uh, if they come back or not, uh, Hess is like, uh, Heist is like, yeah, it's cool if they die. <laughs> as long as you come back, whatever. And the mission gets done. Uh, and so these two mercenaries are called uh, named Rainy and Marco. And they become kind of uh, Stock's core party for the entire game. Uh... And I think their first mission is to escort uh, this guy who has uh, a bunch of like 
uh, intimate knowledge of uh, Grand Orgs like troop positioning. Um, uh, God damn it. Uh, the uh, what the hell are those called? The lines that people have uh, in armies for supply supply lines. Uh, and like all kinds of stuff that'll kind of inf uh, allow the Alistair army to have a, an advantage of like the oncoming uh, battle or whatever. Uh, blah blah blah. So on your way to get this guy, um, the group is ambushed by Grenork soldiers, um, and uh, I think it's actually the the leader of the army, uh, Diaz, and his like second in command. Uh, this knight called uh, the executioner palamedes or something um and rainy and marco sacrifice themselves to let stock escape and as he is escaping he gets sucked into uh this place called historia which is a realm that's like outside of time and it's ruled uh i guess the the white chronicle is the gateway to this place uh there's these two like elf Fish-looking kids named Teal and Lifty that are hanging out in there, and they're the guardians of Historia. And they kind of inform Stock about uh, he is the true holder of the White Chronicle. Uh, he can use the White Chronicle to change uh, events in the past in order to uh, like guide the future to where it's supposed to be, because his job is to save the world from uh, the desertification. And... Uh, at this point, the game kind of just shows you how the time traveling stuff works. Uh, you go back in time, you make a different decision. Instead of like going north or something, uh, you go south. Um, and the White Chronicle also is what gives Stock the extra abilities to kind of get past obstacles. Because uh, originally there were these uh, like metal crates blocking the path, but uh, the White Chronicle gives Stock super strength so he can pull the crates out of the way and take his team on a safer path uh and so you, you kind of do that you avoid having to fight palamedes and uh, you're able to escort the uh soldier back to Adelstel and mission is a success um at this point you meet like rosh uh, who's your best friend and this is where the paths start to converge because you can either stay with the special uh or the god damn it Special intelligence. The special intelligence. Thank you. Uh, you can stay with them and work under Heist, or you could uh, become uh, Rosh's lieutenant in his brigade. And each one of these paths, uh, while similar in the like the story in general, uh, actually go completely different uh, ways. Like in one path, you pretty much stay around Alistel, and then you go south and you start working with the beastmen almost immediately uh and then on the other path you essentially go to grand org uh, to t assassinate the princess there and you get stuck over there and you got to go uh like southwest and you start working with the the desert people and stuff like that so uh your characters don't you meet uh, or stock doesn't what's that you join the resistance so you join basically the empire the other side right this is almost uh, like, as they're fighting you, they're also having a silver war, which is kind of bad idea, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I mean, uh, I guess it's Erica's attempt to avoid the war, right? Because if she could become 
the queen, then she could stop maybe the war with Alistel right. because they're not going to be like wasting resources or whatever the fuck. Because there's more important things to worry about, like stopping uh, the world from turning into desert. Um. So yeah, over the course of these two like uh, histories, you meet characters in one uh, history that you don't meet until later on in the other one, and so uh, it strikes me that like Stock is able to replicate the exact same dialogue with people all the time, even though he goes back in time and he knows things yeah. that he shouldn't know. Which took like took me out a little bit, because like, I, I understand the way they, they, they had to do it the way they did it, because like it's a game. But like you would go and learn something about a character, or get an item that would stop them from do- making a bad decision or something, and then you'd go back in time, and then you talk to the character, and they would do the exact same thing up until like the end of that dialogue, and then you're like, oh, wait, by the way, I've got this thing that we need, that you need, or whatever the fuck. And the character's like, oh, how the hell did you get that? And I'm like, we could have just avoided all this. Well, the problem with... Th- just... Anytime you try- start thinking about time travel, it like unravels, because it's like, well, wouldn't you just run into all the other stocks before you, you know, every time you go back in time? So it just kind of like, you can't, well, you can't well, really think about that. I, they explain that. Because the White Chronicle uh, does not stop time for stock. It stops time for everybody else or whatever, whatever he uses it. So uh, that's how he's able to take items from between the different timelines. Because anything that is on or around stock's possession, I guess, or whatever, um, are, it become part of like a bubble around him in his personal time. Uh, and that is what moves through... Uh, the histories, the timelines, without changing. So, because of that, I think what happens is whenever a stock leaves a timeline, as they showed at the end of chapter six, I think in the alternate history or the standard or whatever, uh, when you're chasing highs, uh, stock like just left the fucking timeline, and everybody in the party is like, "Where the fuck to go? What's going on?" Um, so I think what happens is he, he, there's only one stock, and that's why they tell him he can't die. Because there's no, if he dies, he can't save himself. So he's the, he's moving individually through all these different timelines. Um, but that also it doesn't like doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Also, yes, because <laughs> you'll go to a point in the timeline, and everybody like especially this is evident in the possible history. If you just warp in somewhere, and people are like, oh yeah, what's going on, Stock? We've been talking, having an entire conversation. This entire time, and he just shows up out of fucking nowhere. Or is he? Uh, does and, he replace the that time? Like, does he just replace that timeline stock when he stocks it? Uh, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, and he obviously. <laughs> well, he he says at one point. So you go, you go after this. He leaves this thing with Heist. He's chasing Heist, and he warps back to like uh, the Ott's prayer node, where Ott saves a soul or whatever for the first time. Because uh, conveniently, Eric is also passing by, and that's where Heist goes to attack her. And Sock shows up, and he saves her. And he's like, "If you talk to me in the future, I won't know that we've met now. Uh, so don't say anything about what's going on, kind of thing." Uh, so if he, like, it's it's weird because he would know, like, like future Stock, whatever, like would know uh, or i guess the past stock wouldn't like there's so there's still like a stock <laughs> that doesn't know what the fuck's going on so obviously like uh there is 
like a stock, are there stocks following I guess a path but also is it is it this one stock uh, moving through the timelines or is it are there multiple stocks and he's taking their spots because if it was multiple stocks what happened to the stock that was there for the Ott's prayer that did not go and see Erica because I guess, like, I guess when he leaves that point, does the old stock just come back and has no fucking idea what just happened? Like, where'd he go? Like, how does that plot continue at that point? Was he, well, in that timeline? Yeah. Was he just like, what the fuck? Like, maybe he just like, yeah, why are we over here? Like, I blacked out and now I'm back, or, yeah. Or does it just keep going? Yeah, because it, it would change, so he would have to adapt to the change. Yeah, it's, so like I said, you, if you start thinking about it too much, it like, you, it folds in on itself. Right. Um, yeah, I mean that's essentially that's essentially the game, right? The, the story. You go back and forth between these two timelines. Um, well, like like I said, one where he's still he's still working for Heist, the other one becomes part of uh, Rosh's brigade. He gets skills and items across uh, each of the timelines that he has to use to solve problems in the like uh, the other timeline. Um, somehow, also like making people like him more or changing their philosophies about like life or themselves or whatever on one timeline makes them the same in the other timeline. Right. If you say uh, one timeline, they survive like the whole like recruiting, like people for like, uh, there's that side quest where you gotta recruit people for the army, but I thought it paid off, but it never did. But like, if you recruit them on one timeline, they come back on the other timeline which is weird, or you save them on one timeline, and you're like, hey, can you join the army? And then you go back on the other timeline, like, hey, thanks for getting the guy to join. So it's kind of, yeah. Right. Well, also, that quest weirded me out a little bit, because at the time you get the quest, you're working with Alistel, but at the time that you can recruit these dudes, you're clearly opposed to Alistel. So I'm like, why would I recruit dudes to fight against me? Right. That doesn't make sense. Why, why would Stock do that? So, but like, why is he helping Alistel still? But then eventually you take back control of Alistel, so I guess it comes full circle. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the, there's also... <clears throat> sorry? It all... Like, eventually you figure out... Like, the, the game stops becoming about the, the war between, you know, those two countries, and then it becomes more about saving the entire world. So, like, the ending... Like, the bad endings you get are more like, oh, yeah, you... you you took over the country, but the world still ended, so it's game over. So it's kind of like the the, more, the farther you get into the game, the less they start caring. You, you care about, which I think was more of the interesting story is the war story. So, yeah, I guess it depends on your perspective because at some point it it becomes less of like a like a, a political nuance like war thing and it's just like oh it's two figureheads which i guess is most wars anyway uh stubbornly clashing against each other and then you kind of learn like hugo has been working with the people under protea to take over like both countries and shit like that uh so once you learn once you learn their motivations to me like that's it's not interesting anymore yeah um and then so they have and that's kind of when they swing over to oh actually the whole world's in peril and this is how we fix it. Um, but to kind of, I guess, expand on what you said about the bad endings, um, 
multiple times throughout the game, uh, you'll have a quote-unquote like life or death decision, I guess. And if you make the wrong decision, uh, you get a bad ending. And sometimes those are hilarious. Sometimes they're sad. Uh, but it's all essentially like stuff that seems innocuous. Like, uh, for example, whether or not to stay and wait for like reinforcements to show up or to try to do a like a sneak attack on the enemy. And if you make the wrong decision, like the sneak attack will work and you'll wipe out an army, but because you weren't there waiting for the reinforcements, like they got wiped out. And so that ultimately, like you won the battle but lost the war kind of thing. Uh, and stuff like that happens throughout the game. Like there's one that was I thought was fucking hilarious where uh, it's a side quest and uh, Marco's like old girlfriend or a girl he had a crush on or whatever is like turns out to be a spy uh, for in, in Cygnus. Uh, I guess I don't know who she's worked for. Maybe Alistel or something. Uh, I think it's Alistel. But uh, you can either call her out and like get her arrested or just ignore it. And if you get her arrested, she like gets taken to uh, pretty much a torture chambers and tor tortured for like months and months and months and then kills herself. And Marco gets pissed off at you because uh, <laughs> like you know what's going to happen and you let it happen anyway. And at like some pivotal point in like the final battle, he betrays the whole team and kills everybody. Uh, and like stock escapes. But then if you go back and fix your, your uh, mistake and you just you ignore the chick, she immediately succumbs to sand plague and dies. So like... <laughs> Sorry, Marco, your chick's fucking dead anyway. Like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, stuff like that happens. Like, it, they'll give you uh, choices, and, uh, like, the obvious choice is usually, the, like, the right one kind of thing. Uh, but it's it was fun. I had fun picking the wrong choices on purpose just to see what would happen. Yeah, I did too. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, so essentially, like with the story, you get uh, your characters kind of work with different groups of people on different sides. At some point, it all kind of converges, even though there's still the two like uh, timelines. Like all the characters become like the same kind of character because you've, I guess, changed them uh, over the time on both timelines and whatever. Uh, and you get to where uh, you stop the war, and now you're trying to figure out like who's responsible for. Uh, who or what is responsible for turning the, the world to sand. Um, and you eventually find out that Pius has been conspiring against you this whole time using the Black Chronicle, which is the opposite of the White Chronicle, obviously, uh, to kind of sabotage your efforts and stop this ritual that the Grand Org Royal Lion has been doing for many, many centuries to keep the uh, desertification at bay. Not stop it, but just kind of slow it down really uh, really, really well. Uh, and I guess it, it buys people a couple more, like, decades or whatever before it has to be done again. It's like once a generation, one, one, right. one of the um, uh, world family has to sacrifice themselves, um, and they have, to, they have to do the ritual to, yeah, stop the desertification from expanding. And Heist wants to basically stop that, because he was once... He is of that royal bloodline, you find out. I don't know if that's what you're getting to, but... Um... Oh, yeah. I was just going to say that uh, in the current era, uh, Princess Erica had already sacrificed uh, her brother. Like, I'm not, I, don't know, I guess she forgot about that or something, but the, the ritual is essentially one person 
usually I guess it's a sibling or whatever, sacrifices uh, the other, and then like splits their soul in half, puts half the soul in the corpse, uh, and that sort that corpse comes back to life, and it has to wander the earth or whatever, and gain experience and like gain mana from like everywhere so that it's strong enough to be used at the other part of the ritual where uh, their soul they release their soul back to the caster of the, the ritual and all that mana they've accumulated in their body I guess goes out and like stops the like the the desertification from happening for a little bit or it slows it down or whatever or like I think the singularity absorbs it and that sates it or from keeping expanding from second okay that's yeah like, that's how that I was my it. thought yeah so that's like well I like I said, you guys, I haven't got there yet. So if that's how it is, okay, then that explains a lot. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it's like Final Fantasy 16 because once you realize it's like one being that got you know turned into like this um, mana monster, basically, uh, and that's why uh, what's her name with the Red Chronicle uh, was trying to build her book back up um, so she can stop him. And basically, that stops desertification. And then, if you do, if you get all the uh, all those side quests done, then you can basically save him and her at the end of the time. Well, you don't save him. I think he's dead. Um, but you can save her, uh, and you know everyone has basically. <clears throat> there's like a happy ending for everyone that you that they alluded to in the first happy ending, but now you get to actually see it in action. Uh, I guess to kind of wrap it up here, then, um, you f essentially you find out that Stock was Erica's brother Ernst. He was intended to be the sacrifice for Erica. Heiss is his uncle, and he killed uh, King Victor, which is Erica and Ernst's father, because he was intended to be the sacrifice, and he didn't want to be. Um, and what happens with the Chronicles is that the sacrifice person gets the white chronicle and they are intended to i guess look towards the future and be hopeful about the future whereas the people with the black chronicle are the ones that do the the, the ritual to kill the other person they're the casters and the point of the black chronicle is to reflect on their mistakes in the past and kind of uh change the bad parts of themselves i guess or whatever so that they can have a feature that the that they're taking away from the other person or something like that but uh heist had gotten the white chronicle before and instead of like being positive about it he's like nah fuck this shit and he got upset he killed victor he ended up taking the black chronicle and that's uh he he kidnapped ernst uh wiped his memories somehow and installed this new personality into him of stock uh, and he, his intention was to make stock just like him. I think, and uh, have a negative outlook on everything, and actually like stop the ritual from happening and killing Erica and shit. Yeah, I think he stopped the ritual or he interfered in the ritual so that way stock didn't die because that's his like favorite nephew or whatever. Well, I think what happened was he was intended to be sacrificed, and he said, fuck this, and he left. So King Victor was like, all right, well, I guess I have to sacrifice somebody else. 
Oh, okay. Uh, it was between Erica and Ernst, and Heiss was saying that, oh, Erica was working behind the scenes, and at least in front of your father was the good kid or whatever. Right, yeah. yeah. So he, he's like, oh, I'll have to kill Ernst then, because I don't like him as much or whatever. But Heiss is like, you're my favorite of the two, so I killed your dad to save you, and I don't want you to die, so I tried to have you like on my side i guess kind of with this whole memory white thing or whatever um but essentially uh like the 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 not true ending i guess is uh you stop heist uh and Ernst sacrifice himself or lets himself be like sacrificed and the the world kind of gets uh like uh returns to business as usual usual where nothing really get changes and then there's like a true ending right where he said that uh Stop lives. He gets, I guess, revived. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't uh, sacrifice himself. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He... And then there's the like, the true true ending, which is with the Nemesis stuff for the Red Chronicle. Right. So where instead of like you stop. Yeah, you stop the desertification from ha uh, really happening. I think that's what. Uh, why he doesn't sacrifice himself because he wants like stock is like i don't i'm not sacrificing myself because this doesn't change anything i need to find the real uh, the real way to stop it for good and that's when it goes into the red chronicle stuff okay mm -hmm. and the... uh all right so the... yeah, go ahead sorry uh, i was just gonna say to i guess clarify the endings real quick uh the bad ending i guess stock becomes a sacrifice himself in the true ending uh Ice becomes a sacrifice instead, so Stock can live. Right, yep. And then in the actual, like, the real, real true ending, uh, everybody figures out the singularity is the problem, and they stop the singularity, and that stops the, that solves the problem yeah, of yeah. the Basically, world being. Stock goes back in time. Destroyed. Stock goes back in time, uh, says, Heist, we, we figured out how to stop the desertification. You know, he gives him, like, a, 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 like, I guess he had this photo of him in stock and he gave it to, or him in Heiss, and he gave it to him to remember who he was. And then, like, you basically turned him back to the good side. Well, he already was turned back because he was going to sacrifice himself. And then he's like, um, no, we figured out a way to stop it for good. And then he, he uses his black uncle powers to help you, because uh, that's the only way to stop the desertification. Both the white and the black uncle have to work together. With Okay. There's technically an ending beyond that too. Yeah, it's dumb. Oh, really? It's that's the worst. Yep. That's the worst ending. That's yeah. I, I didn't do uh, that one. Makes, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I watched that ending. So, basically, stock becomes yeah. a god at the at that ending. Literally, yeah. So you replay the whole game again from like New Game Plus, but you can't skip any scenes. Like you have to do the whole game perfectly again, and then you get another twelve-minute scene where all the chronicles come together, and Stock's like, "I control all of you, including the red one. I'm the best." And he heals Nemesia's husband originally, so like none of it ever happens, or something like that. It's oh, weird. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's different. But uh, but if you just save Nemesia or stop the singularity and save Nemesia, you know Stock, you know uh, goes and you know gets uh, basically marries uh what's her face uh what's her name blank her name rainy rainy 
you know, everyone has their own kind of like happy ending. So it's like the that you what you saw from like the the good ending from the original game, but with stock in it. He like walks to to all the different people, and he's he's there. So. Okay. I like I like right, that. Cool. I really like that ending. That ending the best. Mm-hmm. Well, then I guess uh, what we'll do, since that's pretty much the end of the story section, is uh, Kyle, how did you feel about the story for this game? Boy, quick story section there for us. Um, I liked it, honestly. I thought it was a, a pretty good story, like, two-thirds of the way through, kind of the same as the gameplay. Just after a while, it kind of dragged on. Um, you kept jumping back and forth between the timelines, which was fun, uh, but I kind of wish it would have wrapped up maybe ten hours sooner than it did at the end of the day, and I don't know if it was just too weary or or too much going on but but really i think i think yeah it it had a really i I liked it i guess is what i'm really trying to get at here i think that the perfect timeline was a really good way to do a time travel normally you see something more like butterfly effect-ish where you do one small thing and then it's a whole new uh realm you know a la back to the future whereas here there is that perfect timeline that you're striving towards and it's interesting to try to find the different ways to get that to happen through both timelines um, I really did enjoy the characters. I think Heist and Stock as sacrifices was a really good turn. I thought that that kind of brought everything together. Um, and I will say it was kind of funny. I thought Teal and Lipty were like the best characters in the game by far. I thought it was really fun when you would mess up the timelines, as you said before, Nick. And they would just be like, hey, you kind of fucked that one up. Like, maybe you want to go back and do that the other way? Uh, you know? not ruin the world this time but seeing that back and forth was was a pretty good um good rapport between those characters and i did like the history aspect of it as a time travel overall uh the extra ending we kind of talked about at the end it was great doing the normal nemesia one but the extra new game plus stuff absolutely skip it not worth it at all um overall i think for the story i'm gonna give it a three and a half out of five um did like it a lot uh the reason i wouldn't give it a four i gave it a three and a half instead there were some points in the end of the story i thought stock uh especially on the lesser endings the sacrifice endings he was just way too willing to die it's like you know showing up to work oh boy i guess i gotta die today let's be the sacrifice haha like give me a little bit more than that honestly (laughs) Well, the way I looked at it was if that was him at the beginning of the game being given that option, he definitely would have been like, no, yeah, let's go fuck yourself. But uh, mm-hmm. by him having to, essentially, because like, he's 24-7, has, he's got no breaks between hopping between like all these different timelines and like seeing people die. Presumably, there's way more that happens that we don't see because it's a game. Like, he presumably would have to go through many, many iterations of things to get things right, kind of like how Heist said he did. Uh, that's why, like, Heist is old as fuck, even though he's just his uncle uh, or whatever. Uh, so I think if he... Him, I guess, maybe just being tired of the whole fucking thing and being ready for it to be done and being like, all right, this is the only way to save the world. I'm the only one that can do it kind of thing. To me, it makes sense why he would be so willing to just be like, okay, let's do it. <clears throat> and he really starts to, like, care for these people, especially uh, Rainy and Marco. Like, they become his, you know, family for the most part. So 
um, once he when he to me it's believable that he would sacrifice himself for them because you know he you can see over the chapters how much closer he gets to them in my opinion I mean maybe it's more projecting but um, but I think they accomplished that for me. Oh no, and I agree with you. I just think some of his dialogue was a little too like, well, time to die, guys. Great. Yeah. Like, have some remorse, you know? Give me a little bit more of the story here. Maybe the writing just wasn't as good at that part. <laughs> yeah. Personality, though, like, the entire time he's been dismissive and self, like, like, I guess I can do everything myself kind of thing. Yeah. So, to me, he wouldn't be like, oh, I'm so sad about having to do this. Uh, I w hope you guys this be kind of shit or whatever. I'm going to miss you guys or whatever. Uh, because the entire time he's been like, all right, I know my job. I'm going to do it. So to me, it didn't seem that out of out of place. But the entire, like, the entire, I guess, point of the, like, the, the way that they did the, like, the time travel stuff uh, bothered me a lot. Uh, like story-wise, because I'd get me like it, we'd be building up in a part of like one timeline, and then they're like, "All right, stop. You need a thing. Now you get to go to the other timeline where you may not remember exactly what the fuck's going on, uh, but you get to play that for like an hour, an hour and a half. And then you get the things are getting good, and you got to stop again. And then you got to go back to the other timeline. And then you get to play for like an hour, hour and a half. Story's picking up again, and then you got to stop. Uh. I like more like straightforward narrative. Yeah. <laughs> I guess in my stuff. So for me, that every time we had to stop and go back and forth, it took me like out of what's going on a little bit. And uh I like I appreciated like I think it was like the span of like chapter 4 to 6 uh of like the standard timeline after you uh like you do stuff with the the Gutrals. Where you just you're just going through the fucking story, and I was like, oh yeah, finally, <laughs> I can keep track of what exactly is going on, uh, have, have, have everything slowing, and uh, have like a, a like it felt like a a natural stopping point to switch back over and I guess continue the other timeline. Well, yeah, basically at the end of the normal timeline, you basically won, like because right. Because uh, Erica's in power, and then you gotta switch back to the other timeline where you have to go, like basically retake um, the other the other country. Right. And as Kyle was saying, it felt a little bit long in the teeth because yep. it's like most of the game is this war shit that ultimately doesn't matter mm -hmm. too much. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not a fucking game narrative scenario writer or whatever. I don't know how like they can improve on this. Uh, but uh, I guess it felt like one of those things where like the big bad kind of comes up out of nowhere thing. Like even though you know Heist is the bad guy the entire time, right? Uh, yeah, like he's coming back. You don't really, yeah. You don't like you see him like the first chapter or two, and then he's just fucking out of the game. Yeah. And you don't really do anything with him, and then he comes back and he's like, actually, I was the one that was the bad guy the whole time blah blah, blah. and it's like alright well this is a, a surprise to the player well it's or whatever it's, fucking they try to make it they try to like say oh Hugo's the big bad guy and you're like no cause Heist just like walks all over him like he don't give a fuck and you're like 
Right. There's no yeah. way he's the, the be all end all. So then when you're, when it does become high, you're like, finally, you're like, okay, I, I saw this coming a mile away, but thanks for confirming it. <laughs> like, oh, who's the who's the wielder of the Black Chronicle? I don't know. Maybe the guy that gave you the White Chronicle. <laughs> it's not. It's not... They always like have this dude show up that's like in a fucking hood and yeah. like. I, yeah, it's pro- it's either heist. Uh, like it's heist, like it's obviously heist. They're just like making it not look like heist. Like okay, and then heist. it turns out it wasn't actually heist. It's like your dad or whatever. But I'm like, and then he's still like, oh yeah, I'm the control of the Black Chronicle. I'm just manipulating his corpse and making it. I'm like, all right, dude, whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh. So, so for the most part, uh, I enjoyed the character development between uh like the party much more than the story overall uh i liked uh, that a lot of the side quests had the characters like interacting with each other and like having like meaningful conversations and stuff like the side quest with rainy confessing her love to stock yep that, uh that awesome. like i knew that was a thing that was the entire time but it was cool to see her say that and then you could be like yeah let's do it and then you like you you fucking get a game over but then like it's like okay that's a cool like option you can do and then even when you say no, we can't do it right now. Like he's still like Sock's like still like all right, we will. Like you know, it's not gonna work out if the like you let the game play out the, the narrative play out the way it's supposed to because he's gonna die or whatever. But you can still be like, oh yeah, they have a like a future together maybe thing. And then, like every character has their own like stuff going on. Yeah. And I got attached to a lot of the characters uh, because of that extra like dialogue and like interactions you can have with them. So I appreciated all that. Um, I thought it was great, um, like, to touch on your rainy thing, like, they hint at it through all the game, like, if another girl talks to you, she gets a little mad or embarrassed or something like that, like, oh, mm -hmm. I think uh, rainy's catching feelings, and then, you know, at that point in the game where she does confess it, you're like, oh, okay, I I didn't think they were going to do it, I thought it was just going to be like, you know, kind of behind the scenes type thing, but then they give you that option, it's almost like, uh... A false like, hey, this a thing that could happen, but it does happen eventually. But you know, at first, uh, it doesn't like, you know, it's a bad ending. Right. So like a lot, a lot of the what ifs are really cool. Like when you can make uh, Gafka the beast god. It's like, what if you just let this happen? And it's like, oh, yeah, this is this is what would happen. It's pretty fucked up. Don't yeah. do it. <laughs> so <laughs> he just destroys like it. Yeah, he just kills everybody. It's cool, uh, which is which is fun to see because, like in a normal like storyline, like obviously the you have no place for that. You can't let that happen because it really, like, your story is fucking destroyed. So with the time travel stuff, yeah. it does allow for those like cool what ifs. They don't really expand on that stuff too much, which is a shame. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah, um, bad endings definitely add to the enjoyment of the game. Like you got to do the right. You have to do the bad things. Like, try to find the bad... I was trying to figure out which one would be the bad one. <laughs> so I yeah, yeah, It's kind of nice you have to find the bad endings to get the perfect ending. Yeah. So... So, yeah, yeah for me, I'm getting, I'll give it a 4 out of 5. Uh, because the story's lacking. If it was... If there weren't for, like, the side quest stuff and the character, like, interactions, it'd definitely be, like, a 3, 3.5. But yeah. uh, that stuff improved it that much for me, so... Yeah, I'm I'm right with you. Uh, I'm also gonna give it a four, and I agree with both of you guys. Like, it, I think it starts off really, uh, really good, and once you get to like chapter four, 
you know that's where things start to like lose momentum and like this when it's not like like i was saying before when it doesn't matter which side you're on anymore because you're basically on both sides and then it turns into like you're just trying to save the world these other plot lines don't really matter anymore it's just like okay i can see the light in the tunnel i see what the end game is but then it's like two more chapters to before you get to it and i think that's where it gets a little long in the tooth um and they do prop it up with a bit more character development, and they that's when they start hitting you with those more, like, character moments. Because I think that's where the, the story sags. So, to your point, Kyle, like, I think, yeah, they cut five to ten hours out of it, take out a chapter on each side, you know? That probably, I think, makes it a little bit more breezy. And you get to the end point. Because yeah, I think you're, you're about ready at chapter four, you know, for it to wrap up. And then it kind of just drags on. Yeah, I think if you got rid of the desert city entirely, the, honestly, yeah, like yeah, the right. arena, yep. yeah, the, the, yeah, you don't need that. Those are because that really adds to the story at the end, end of the day, anyways. Because once that chapter's over, he 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 doesn't really make that appearance because he helps you takes he helps you take that town and then or retake that the the uh, country, but he really is very very. You don't see him really at all after that. Yeah, there's one side quest with the son of the guy he killed, the old king, oh, being his cool. advisor. But that's it. Like yeah. other than that, he's not really a part of it. Yeah, like the... right. even the setup for that chapter is kind of weird. Like your whole team gets surprised by fucking sleep grenades or cast or whatever. It's like okay, yeah, and then you get might as well go arena. Blades. Like all right, <laughs> fuck, that came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but other than that, like, yeah, the, the, I think um, the new ending that they added, because, you know, in my head, like, that's what I was hoping would happen after, when I played the first game, or the first the first iteration of the game. I was like, this is probably what Stock would, what, what happened if Stock would uh, not have sacrificed himself. And it was the things that happened in the, in the extra ending. So I felt satisfied with that. And then when I watch like Stock become God, I'm like, that's there's no there's no need for that. That's what, maybe that's what people were like getting mad about that ending because that ending is just kind of bullshit. Like, but I played the game a whole another time for this. That's kind of I would I would have been pissed. <laughs> if it, yeah. If the yeah if it wasn't for the internet and I played the whole game like really that's that's the best you got three books talking to a guy. <laughs> like this is this is not good. So. But yeah, I, uh, uh, probably the, like I was saying, best uh, 3DS handheld RPG. I think the, the I was looking it up. Um, there's like another one that people like. I, I lost it here, but but for me, I think this is my favorite handheld R- RPG. Um, Bravery Default is probably the other one people will point to. That's m- most like mainly just a handheld game. Golden Sun. Golden Sun. I think this is better than Golden. Game Boy Advance though. Yeah, it's still handheld. Yeah. Well, well, you said like 3DS, so oh. I thought we were specifically talking. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, 3DS for me, yeah, for sure. Handheld, it's still up there. Uh, it's probably it, for me, it's number one. Uh, but anyways, uh, four out, four out of five. Uh, highly recommend to anybody that likes time travel, character development. Like we were saying, the story kind of drags, but it's still good overall. 
Alrighty, so that will bring us to our second musical break. I do believe this is Kevin's choice. Uh, yeah. Wait, let me pull it up. Alright, looks like you picked the Red Locust. Do you want to say why you picked it? or? I think that's the... I'm pretty sure it's the battle music for when you're fighting Heist. And it has that organ music playing uh, at the beginning. Or it's... Is it? Yeah. Is it just regular like boss music? It might be regular boss music. I don't know. I just like that organ music, and then it that kind of rolls into the the uh, battle music stuff. So, um, but that's the one that uh, tickled my ear the most. So here it is. Uh, it's called the Red Locust.
Alrighty. Time for visuals. Um. Uh, Kyle, you haven't started one off yet, so how about you start off with visuals? Right. Um, so visuals for me, I played this on a uh, laptop mostly, um, or a PC, so a little better than the DS, I would imagine, but for what it is, for the time it came out and for the DS, I think it visually it works. Um, looks good, top-down worldview works, running around on the overworld with the enemies on the screen, doesn't like get glitchy or anything. I think all the cities are pretty well detailed and unique. Um, just visually it's uh it's appealing like nothing stands out as a huge positive or a negative so honestly it's just like generally a pleasing to look at i can't say that any of the <clears throat> combat effects are out of this world but for the amount of movement that happens on the combat screen there isn't a lot of clipping or lagging or anything crazy like that so honestly it's like it's just really standard in a good way. I wish I had like a way better way to describe it than that, but but it's a DS game. It's not gonna it's not gonna be a five out of five. It's not gonna probably even be a four out of five. Um but but it looks good for what it is. Uh character models are well done, assets are good, so I'm gonna give it a three out of five. I just I wish I could really bring more to the table about what stands out about it or not, but I, I don't have a lot. Uh, I agree with you strongly there because you brought up like Golden Sun just a little bit ago, and I'm like, the battle, the battle effects in Golden Sun are fucking phenomenal. Like the overworld sprites are like phenomenal. Uh, like the enemy, like the monsters are fucking great. Uh, and that's a Game Boy Advance game, and it looks better than this one. Not that I like not saying Radiant History looks bad, but it has more. I, I don't know, it just, and this is also, like, it's been, what, seven years since I, we played, I played it for the show, uh, so maybe this is, like, also nostalgia talking, but, uh, it, I just feel like the Golden Sun, like, looked better, even though it was, like, in a worse hardware, console, whatever. Yeah, that's uh, it, like, I can't say anything negative about it. <laughs> right, it's, like, it's not, like, Radio Story is not bad looking, it's, it's it's so. very it has like it has a, a style but it's also like very generic looking at the same time yeah like if that makes sense uh it's not like like there's wholly unique like the character sprites aren't like super detailed or anything um they are different um and i think the portraits uh they have i i think they're way better than the original portraits some people like the older portraits but i think the character art in this one's uh pretty decent so from my in my opinion the old art was distinct and it had a very like it gave the game its own kind of personality i would say like mm -hmm. with in regards to the characters and then the new art is generic anime so mm -hmm. like, like it's it's safe it's appealing but it's not anything that stands out like you could take the uh, like the art for the for the revamp version of the game and kind of like stick it somewhere and people would recognize it like yeah it looks that looks good uh but it kind of blends in with everything else so i think that's the appeal of the old art is that it was very like it had a punch to it uh, it wasn't something that you could like just kind of gloss over uh it it stood out more 
Okay. Um, that's it. Like, it, but all like art is a very personal, subjective thing. So you can't really say what's better than anything else. Like, there, I mean, there is a clear like divide sometimes, like like a stick figure versus like something that actually took effort, kind of thing or whatever. But uh, in general, like if somebody actually put effort in, into stuff. Uh, it's more of a personal taste type thing at that point. Like, Travis hates the new fucking art. Uh, he like the old art is way better. Uh, I don't know that I would have that opinion. I think I like the old art more because it's more like distinct. It has like a unique style, but this the new art is good too. So, uh, overall for visuals, I'm also going to give it a 3 out of 5. Um, there are. I feel like there are a lot of palette swaps for shit, which is always something disappointing. But yeah, the enemy. It's also yeah. Good point. Enemy variety wasn't like that distinct. There's there a lot of yeah, reskins and recolors and stuff like that. Um, but I, I'm with I'm with you guys. You said, I think it's three and a half. Um, it's good for what it is. It's not amazing, but. Um, I think it uh, does the job it needs to, and I still like we still care about the characters, and I think that that's ultimately the test. It's like if you if they look so fake or so bad, it takes you out of it. Then I think that would be less than average. But because you know I still care about Rainy and Marco, and um, you know the rest of the characters, like you know, I have some kind of emotional attachment to them. Uh, the the, it couldn't be that bad, you know what I mean? Or maybe I'm just good enough. Uh, I've done this enough where I can suspend the animate my like my uh, disbelief because I'm so used to playing RPGs. I don't know. Well, I I do have a like a a, a weird like visual. I don't know if it'd be like a distaste, but I'm confused about Marco because he's like he looks like he's two foot tall. <laughs> and how the fuck is he like successfully fighting like? in a war at all because he would have no reach like he would die not because like he doesn't have skill or whatever he apparently is not very good at fighting anyway but like this dude's like two foot tall and he's fighting dudes who are like six foot tall like they just outrange him with with nothing like there's no fucking way this dude would live very long it's so it's such a weird character design decision to me to have this dude that's like yeah, a little cute kid. Well, no. well <laughs> story-wise, it took Heist like 70 times to keep him alive, so you might That's be right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, like, they kept... Like, he said he kept... Uh, Marco and Rainey alive. Marco and Rainey alive yeah. pretty often, but he struggled to get just those two alive or something. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, it's fucking weird. Like, at least Ott's also small, but she's taller than fucking Marco, and she's also, like, a quick archetype character. And then Marco is just, like, he, I guess he's a dwarf, but there's no other dwarves in the game, so... He's, like, your healing tank, but you don't really need one. No. I, I, do, I do think his abilities would have been better, like, on stock, like, have, giving stock, like, the AoE, uh, like, recovery ability. That would have been very nice. I only used him for his uh, AOE magic boost. Stock does get an AOE healing ability, doesn't he? Well, yeah. so there's like the recovery ability is what I'm talking about for status effects. 
Oh, then the better. Yeah. Because Marco has the AOE one that the whole party gets recovered. Because sometimes I'll be fighting dudes. It's like they poison the party. I'm like, fuck. All right. Uh, I guess uh, I'll just fucking have to recover people one by one. And then I the la I recover the last person, and then everybody get hit with another fucking stats effect again. I'm like, god damn it. That's Fuck I, off. That's why I was having Marco at my party. I didn't have to worry about it. Well, I just mm. ended up stocking up on anti-whatevers. Yeah. Same. Or sometimes uh, Marco would jump and heal you. And the... Because uh, didn't he have a, like, a support move where he would take away all status effects? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Okay, don't... Well, let us move on to music slash voice acting. Um, I guess uh, we could give some insight onto the composer. It is uh, my one of my favorites, Yoko Shimomura, uh, who is known for such greats as Super Mario RPG, uh, Kingdom Hearts. Uh, evidently, she worked on King of Dragons. Yeah, no, I added that. That's like one of my favorite Super Nintendo games. That's a beat-em-up, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, is it similar to Knights of the Round? Oh, absolutely. It's like the okay. same game. It's awesome. Fuck yeah. Sweet. <laughs> i have to try that out then, because I love yeah. Knights of the Round. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently she worked on Street Fighter 2, which is news to me. Um, also, I guess did work for Final Fantasy 15, but I, also, I know her more for, like, Legend of Mana and stuff like that. But, um... Uh, I think she did... The, she was the only person that worked on this, uh soundtrack for the game and even came back to do more songs for the uh, Perfect Chronology version. Um, and I was writing up some stuff on her earlier about this game. She apparently, there's a vocal track somewhere in the game. I don't recall where it is. But she fought for that vocal track. Uh, I think it's the intro track. The, like with the, the video up. Is it? Like, oh, with the, with the anime opening thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I guess I'll start this one off. I don't fucking... <laughs> this is like a weird this section for everybody, I think. Because uh, music's good. <laughs> it's not bad. Uh, there's lots of like, uh, catchy songs. I wouldn't say that there are like a lot of, I think, listenable outside of the game songs. Uh, like My personal favorite stuff is like upbeat stuff like battle music. Um, and I think the... The most important thing is that the main battle song is not bad. Right. Uh, because that's the song you hear the most in this game. And I never got tired of hearing it, uh, which is, I think, the strongest thing I could say about a game soundtrack. Uh, I think there's only like 30 songs or something in the game. And I don't remember getting tired of any of them. Um. So for me, uh, I also think the music is actually the best part of the game. Uh, hmm. So I would probably give this a 4, 4.5, somewhere around there, uh, out of 5. Uh, as for the voice acting, shit, I forgot about that. Uh, I thought it was fine. Um, yeah, I thought it was good, so 4.5. <laughs> uh Whoever wants to say something next can go. Uh, I'll go next. <clears throat> um, yeah, I agree that the 
I'm not a, a audiophile like you. I don't listen to video game music outside of playing the game. But like you're saying, the true test is if you get tired of reading the songs or any of the music that plays. And I definitely didn't like get annoyed by anything. And I like how each town really had its own distinct. Like you knew where you were by how you like what was playing. Like, as soon as you like, like say you like wanted to a node and you forgot which node you were in, you know, like we were talking about earlier, as soon as you heard the music, you're like, oh, okay, I know where I'm at now. But, uh, so I, d I definitely think that's, uh, that's a nice, like, when they have that where you, you can, you know where you are about how it sounds. Oh, if, if I'm wrong, are, don't you, like, mute games sometimes and, like, play other shit? Me? On top of that? Yeah. Only time I do that is if I'm grinding. Okay, okay. Yeah, if I'm, like, in a game where you have to grind, like, do some, like, bullshit 100-level dungeons or something, then, yeah, I'll put, like, YouTube on and, like, not pay attention. But if I'm playing a game or if I'm playing the story, I, I focus on it, so. Yeah, I mean, I do the same thing, so. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, the voice acting was good. Uh, I don't like, though, that... I guess it's a, D like, 3DS game. I can't, like, expect everything to be voice acted. You know how like some like some of the voice acting it's like the non main characters will just be like weird noises and shit or like the first word like I rather have like all or nothing you know so I don't like that's happened in like three straight games for this show hasn't it uh was that yeah they did it in sixteen too that's annoying what the what would we play before sixteen then I can't remember. <laughs> I thought you said Pathologic 2 did that, where they would just say, like, one word of their dialogue. No, they would say the, the nothing that they had. Oh, it was completely different. <laughs> oh, very <laughs> sorry. Like, they had some kind yeah, of weird like... phrase or something. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but every time you talk to somebody, they'd be like, the sky is summoning water down from the heavens. But they're like, they're like, what the fuck do you want? Yeah, their, actual, the dialogue, their actual like, the dialogue is like, yeah, if you, I need you to go pick up this uh, thing from this thing over here. And but their actual like spoken dialogue is like the sun from the sky is shining down, blah blah, like some kind of uh, like phrasing or phrase or something they're saying is like what the fuck's going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the music good, uh, voice acting great. For uh, I mean, I guess it's a little cartoony, but it wasn't like too cartoony. Some of the characters. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm gonna give it a four out of five. Quick, I think I'm like maybe in the minority, but I would rather not have voice acting in games because if it's like reading dialogue, like I read all the dialogue before they can get through like four words of the of the voice acting, so I skip most of it anyway. Yeah, hear you on that. I like it if it's good. So I mean, like, don't get me wrong, like hearing the four words is nice when it's not like obviously bad. <laughs> But very rarely do I sit and just listen to the entire, like, spiel of people talking. Yeah, I read faster than people talk, too. So, like, it's just tough to listen to all the dialogue when you're waiting. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about all this, uh, Kyle? So, um... Music I thought was good. Uh, Shimamura at the helm, great. Uh, here we'll give a... 
little spoiler for the next one. Uh, we're doing another Shimamura um, game after this one. Good stuff. Uh, but I really did like the score of it. I think it was a lot of ideas that Shimamura used in other entities she worked in. Um, so it was kind of funny. Like um, in Granorg specifically, the song Forever Proud, I swear I've heard the same thing out of Kingdom Hearts before. Um, it's almost like you just pull the greatest hits and just put it into this game and it works really well. I think especially, um, and I'm not a great musician, uh, I played the drums I guess before, but there's a string instrument, I believe it's a violin in a lot of them, that just really ties the whole soundtrack together and I really did enjoy that more than I thought. Um, good stuff overall, I think the voice acting, like we kind of said, it's it's what it is, it's not great. Um, they added it, cool. Uh, but I do think, uh, I'll agree with Nick, the music is one of the better parts about this game, which is surprising, because a lot of parts of this game are pretty good. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5 overall uh, for my score. I think uh, I think uh, Shimamura uses like the same sound font for a lot of her tracks for games. And uh, if you don't know what that is, that's pretty much just like a collection of, when you're making like digital music, uh, it's all your instruments that you have. Because a lot of stuff in the games that she has, like she does uh, compositions for, uh, like you've got like sweeping, uh, like instrumentals, and you've got like very strong like string in instruments and stuff like that. Uh, and it's very, it's it's. I don't want to say it's like concert-like without being concert-like, like an orchestra type thing. It's very. When you listen to the, like Shimamura music, you know you're listening to Shimamura music. If that makes yeah, sense, like kind of like does, you know, yeah. you're, you're listening to like a uh, goddamn who the fuck's the nice guy? Are he, I should know this. Like Uematsu. Uh, yeah, no, Uematsu. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know when you listen to like his kind of music. So I feel like when you have a composer like that, uh, that who has like such a strong identity for a game, it can all it can do is really just improve the quality of the game itself because um they bring i guess so much uh like maybe passion to the project or whatever and it comes through uh and it really just bleeds into the game and just elevates it so any anytime i have a, a shimamura game it's i'm not i know i'm in for a good time just based on the music alone bingo yeah um already so, speaking of music, musical break number three. I think this one is actually the, the highest song. It's called An Earnest Desire of Grey. Um, so this is probably Heist's theme, or what do you fight him? <clears throat> but it's a pretty good song, I think. So that's why I picked it.
And uh, we're back to it to finish off the last couple sections. Uh, this one is overall experience. And as Brent would say, it's expectations versus reality. Uh, so before the show, uh, Kevin mentioned the soundboard thing. So I guess we'll play it and see how it works. And then if people... If you want to <laughs> tell us that it's fucking awful or something, please do so. Leave us comments, please. Right. But uh, <laughs> this is Brent saying stuff anyways. Right. Well, well, here it is. This is Brent talking. We haven't heard him in a while. Or maybe you, know, you do his stuff at the beginning of the show, though, right? Yeah, he does the opening still. Right, okay. Well, you can't tell that's him because he's doing the opening voice. Oh, his dramatic reading thing? Yeah. Okay. Well, here it is. Like I say every time, overall experience for me is expectation versus reality. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a double echo there, I guess, but whatever. Well done. Well, it didn't sound, uh, it sounded normal to me. When you play it, it doubles it up. I don't know. We're just spitballing here, guys. Trying to... That's a, a thing. I'm just trying to get a little bit more of Brent back in here. You know, I miss him. So. Right. I think I, I forgot about his death anniversary. I felt a little bad when I thought about it, but it's also been like five years. Can you believe it's been that long? Wow. It's been more than five. Yeah. It, was it in 2020, like 2019? Yeah, it was right after I moved here. Right before the pandemic, right? So, uh, so it's only been like four years then, but you know. Wow. Uh, yeah, because mm -hmm. it, it was, I think, November. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Good times. <coughs> Good times. Good times. But, uh, overall experience. Uh, uh, Kevin, you start us off. Okay. Um, I picked this game, so obviously I already have had a good experience with it. Um, second time through, it's been, you know, it had been since when the original DS game, so I think they can't. Came out in 2011. Is that what it was? The first one came out in 2011, so it was like five years later or something like that? Uh, yeah, I think so. Five or six years later. Maybe seven. Uh, 2010. 2010 was original, and then the... the yeah. came North out. America was 11, yeah. Yeah, so 2011 and then 2016. Uh, well, I thought this one was 2018. Was it 2018? Yep, 18. 18 for the 3DS. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, uh, this came out twenty eighteen. I just bought the collector's edition because I was like, I don't want to play it now, but I know in like five years when I want to, it's gonna be impossible to find, or it might be impossible to find. I was just like scared it might be, so I just bought it anyways. <clears throat> smart, smart. And yeah, I was able to play it now. Um, but like I said, it's not as good as the first time, but nothing really is. <clears throat> for the most part, unless it's like an amazing game. Um, so it was still good. I loved it. Uh, it does it does drag towards the end. I, I'll admit that. Um, but overall, um, if you have never played this, I highly recommend it. It's a good time. It's fun. Yeah, there's some minor quabbles, you know, that we already discussed, but uh, it's good. So to me, it's uh, overall 
Four and a half out of five. Uh, well, just to talk about, I guess, the purchasing thing, uh, it's a good thing you bought it when you did, because I, I would assume you paid, or I guess we all paid, maybe, if we have this, 40, uh, bucks, what, like 70, 70, 80 bucks for the collector's edition, maybe? Oh, yeah. I don't remember. Because, uh, like, the original, like, I guess maybe the edition by itself was, like, 40, 50 bucks. I don't, I would assume the collector's edition just was, like, a little bit more. Yeah, it came with a nice, anyway, came with, like, a nice book and everything. Yeah, uh, but if you want to get a copy now, it's a hundred bucks, I guess, just for the game, and then like two hundred plus for the collector's edition shit. So, pretty good, I guess, investment or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'm never gonna sell it, so I guess it doesn't. Right. Well, you saved some cash buying it when you did. Well, yeah, I guess save cash. I didn't have to play it on an emulator, which I hate playing on emulators because it's not comfortable. <laughs> I didn't have a hard time playing it on my laptop. It was like a weird, like, there's emulation stuff going on, obviously. Like, I don't know if this happens on the original cartridge, but sometimes moving around, the characters would, like, the sprite would look like it was shifting, like, like line by line, I guess, not naturally moving. That only happens sometimes. Nah, it never happened to me. Maybe it's just the okay. emulation thing. I didn't have it on my emulator, but... Oh, that's weird. Oh, well. Uh, so how about you, Kyle? What's your overall experience? Um, so I like jumping in here because for some reason I'm just the guy who hasn't played a lot of these games. So, you know, good choices by you guys. Glad I could join in on them. But for me, first time playing it, like, I had a ton of fun playing this game. Um, especially more than I thought for a DS game. I think it had a really great balance. Story, uh, character development was good. The battle system was pretty uh, good as well. I'd say none of it would excel on its own, but altogether it makes a really cohesive game, and I really enjoyed my time with it. Um, I'd really recommend this to anyone. Uh, like we said earlier, it's probably really hard to find in a couple hundred bucks, but I think even collector-wise, it's probably worth getting, because now that you can't download the DLC or anything from the DS store, it's probably a little more rare than you would think. Um, so overall, I'm going to give this a 4 out of 5. I um, think it does a lot of things really, really well. Nothing perfect, but it's a it's a good time. People should try this game. Well, if you're into software conservation, quote-unquote, wink, wink, uh, <laughs> you can still access the entire thing for free, as, long, as well as all the DLC. So there is that out there, too. Uh, if, you, like, if you grab a physical copy and you want to do these other methods of software preservation uh you can obtain the dlc still uh and i would suggest that for this game because it would alleviate a lot of the grind and if you're going to do a new game plus thing which we'll talk about uh you need the dlc to grind stat boosting items to actually i guess be able to make it through the uh final boss or like the the super secret boss or whatever the the guy said you can get the 12 minute fucking ending for or whatever apparently that thing's a pain in the ass without like max stats and shit yeah level 90 Ooh, can we give a quick shout out to um what are the two different versions when you start the game do the do the perfect one the other one's worthless right i can't right yes the other one because <laughs> it's i think just the standard mode or something and it's the original ds version of the game and it's so you don't have nemesia in there or anything like that don't play that way if you're gonna play this game yeah. That's it. Spoiler right there. 
worn it. It's definitely better to have Nemesia when so you can go if you are getting a little bored with the main game, you can kind of dabble in that and kind of do a couple of those. It's good, like a little break, story break, kind of. You also get like a hundred k worth of gold doing those side quests, which really helps. Yep. So sometimes you get like a really strong gear for that point in the game. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I, that my favorite part of that was getting the extra bit of story content, like the, the background lore stuff. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. helped flesh stuff out a little bit more about, like, fleshes what the fuck's out, going on. Fleshes out the world. Mm -hmm. I, I really um, was hoping, like, this game would get ported to, like, a Switch or something. But I just couldn't wait any longer. I just I wanted us to play this. It's been so long. And, you know, and I, I, next year probably will get ported and I'll be pissed. <laughs> right. Uh, That's how that shit happens, right? Now that we've done an episode uh, for the show, it's going to get ported. Like, this happened with Legend of Mana. Uh, we did an episode of Legend of Mana, and then like a couple months later, they're like, "Oh, it's coming to current consoles." I was like, "You fucks!" Speaking of, Golden Sun just got released for the Switch Online. Really? Yeah, both of them. Nice. What about the uh, the dark shit? Is that still just not coming? Can't remember what the what's called. Um, what's another okay. one that we just did last year that got ported? It. Uh. I don't know. I don't keep track of stuff for the most part. Let's see here. Oh, Mario RP Super Mario RPG. Oh right, yeah. We yeah. play the SNES version like next, like six months later. Hey, it's on Switch now. Fuck. Yep. Yeah. Be way better on, right. on Switch. Well, you know, maybe it that's... is. Played it good. That's Not... that's the point of the show here, though. Like we play old games, and then they're like, "Hey, we're porting these old games to new consoles now." And, you know, we're the impetus for that. Yeah. <laughs> see, I see Sukaden too. It's coming to. I mean, that was like ten years ago now, but. Right. Yeah. Right. So anybody listening right now, if you have a game that you want to be ported to a current console or a future console, let us know, and we will play it, and then it'll happen. That's just how it works. Uh, there's another one that just got ported to Switch. What was it? Um, it's like that card-based game. I need a little more information than that. Sorry, yeah. card oh, Bonkata. Bonkaitos or whatever? Bonkaitos, yeah. That's ported now. Well, you did need more content. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, I my brain works faster than my mouth sometimes, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> no, impressive. I'll give you some more vague uh, uh, things next time, see if you can get it. Right. Well, my dumbass can't remember what the fuck supply lines are, right? But I can remember fucking button kaidos off of card-based games, so, you know. Well, there's not that many card-based RPG games. Right. I was going to say Chain of Memories? Ugh. <laughs> Bad memories on that one. Yikes. Uh. Anyway, my overall experience for this game uh, is pretty good. Uh, I think it was helped because it's a mobile game and I played it almost like a mobile game I would do like three to four hours a day when I was at work instead of working uh, and that alleviated some of the I, I don't know if I call it frustration or boredom of the monotony I guess, of it sometimes right like the combat uh, like I ended up like skipping most of the fights um, there were some places where you could grind pretty well, like if you were near a save point, and I just grind, like did a bunch of grinding in those spots because I could just uh, like kill everything pretty quickly and it gave decent experience or whatever. So I did that in a couple of areas just to kind of catch everybody up. 
And I like I would read a reference like a game facts guy sometimes, and they'd be like, recommend the level sixty one, and then like my character's level forty. I'm like, how the fuck did you get to level sixty one already, dude? Like, what the fuck? Uh, but for the most part, uh, the game was very enjoyable. The story uh, was good. The characters and stuff were great. Music's fantastic, and I would give it a four out of five. Alrighty, replayability, extra content, and we're not going to talk about trophies because there aren't any. So, replayability. Um, personally, I don't think this game is very replayable. Yeah. There is a lot of extra content, I guess, with the new Perfect Chronology version, um, which you guys can expand on. But, I don't know <laughs> why anybody would replay this game after you've done it the first time <laughs> because you can without like doing new game plus you can literally just like replay the whole fucking game again if you really wanted to by going back to the first node that you can because the game just like it refeeds you the plot and everything because that's part of the the game mechanics so if you're, for some reason you wanted to like redo the story uh you could do that like at least in the, the original version you could do that there is a new game plus version in this where you take all your shit and you start the game over again which again you could just do while you're playing the game, really. So, I don't know what why you would do that, except to see the extra 12-minute content for New Game Plus shit. Which, I would say, you're better off watching a YouTube video for that. But I don't know that another 45-ish hours of gameplay is worth 12 minutes of apparently not very good ending anyway uh i haven't played the extra content so i can't really comment on that yet but i imagine it's just more of the same like main game stuff where you go through a dungeon you find bosses and shit so yeah it's, uh, it's like oh the vault time that's new and i think that's kind of whatever it's not enough to give it like an extra point or anything because it's like this literally fighting monsters until you get currency to buy shit so not very interesting uh and i'll give this section a one out of five damn uh kyle how do you feel about this section yeah i mean i can jump in um sure content i didn't really add the nemesia parts as but they are technically dlc so you know that's something um but my score is not going to be based off adding the nemesia side quest so uh really there's nothing you hit it right on the head there's there's almost nothing to replay this game again um apparently if you want to replay the story on the perfect chronology mode there's a easy difficulty where you don't actually fight um random encounters you can just hit people like you would to get a preemptive uh, strike and they'll kill them and give you the experience and the bosses are easier so if you really want to story rush it just don't do that and like don't even play the game again otherwise i it was great good time watch the video on youtube no reason to replay this if you beat it perfectly um i'm gonna give it a 1.5 out of 5 just because i guess if you're really that into the game and you have that need to 100 percent it you can play another 45 hours have fun oh i will add though there is a dlc hard mode called deadly mode or something which obviously unless you're doing software preservation you can't access uh 
And I guess it makes the game real fucking hard. I don't know why you'd want to do that to yourself. But, you know, can if you yeah, want to. that doesn't to. sound fun either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Kevin. I hope you have a better opinion on this than we do, I guess. Uh, slightly. Um, I guess it depends on the definition of replayability. If it's just, uh, if this, you're talking about replaying this game again, then no. But if you're talking about how, you know, me and uh, Nick just did it where we played the original DS version and now we played this version with the extra stuff, I think that bumps it up a little bit for me. Um, just because it does add that ending that I do like. So to me, that's a, at least a, you know, another point bump. Um, and there is an option to go and you get even plus and do all that. I mean, it, you don't want to, but it's there. Um, the Nemesia stuff is, it's kind of weak, but it does add something. Um, it's not like a whole third, uh, timeline like I thought it would be. It's more like, you know, little, little minor timelines that you just kind of witness different, uh, things that would happen. It's fine. <clears throat> um, but yeah, uh, this is always like the lowest scoring section for the reviews. Um, so I guess I don't know what would be a, what, what's the, what's a five out of five for replayability? Like, I don't know. It's almost hard to get to that because we, I guess inherently I don't want to replay a game because I got so many other games to play, but for me, I think a 5 out of 5 replayability game would be a game that completely changes on a different playthrough. And it's almost like a completely new game or a new experience. Baldur's Gate 3. Well, there you go. Like, you can, like a game that you can play and almost do everything, like anything different. And you can just, it's like a, new, a brand new game, essentially. Okay. So, uh, there aren't many games like that and even like my favorite rpgs or i'd give a one out of five or 0.5 out of five for replayability but i would play it at the end because i like the story and the gameplay or whatever so okay like, to me this is like the least impactful category like it's i think brent threw it on just for the hell of it or some bullshit like is that uh, category? We, could, we could really take it out and it wouldn't change the reviews <laughs> too much i think we, but... should, we almost need to like i mean it's too late at this point but i think it should be before overall you know yeah that's fair Okay. We can well, change we'll it later. Yeah, and maybe can. do less replayability and more extra content trophies. Right. But, I mean, we've been doing... Again, it. send us notes, fans. Let us know. I think we are the fans. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> We're our own fans. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're doing but, this for us, that's all. Yeah, we're doing this for us. Uh, to me, it's a 2... I, I'll give it a 2 out of 5 just because they did add stuff to the second game i'm basing it off that so two out of five um yeah okay uh musical break number four kyle what have you chosen for us today all right uh so i picked the sad uh the sad song today I picked where the wind and the feathers return uh this is normally played when they're revealing some sadder story element or some dramatic uh part of the story more like the reveal of being the sacrifices sort of deal um really enjoyed this again brings the, the string instruments into it and hope you guys enjoy as well <laughs> ¶¶ 
Alrighty. Well, it's been fun having you guys here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, our next show is going to be Live Alive, Live Alive, Live Alive, Live Alive, who fucking knows? Maybe even according to Kevin, Live a Evil. So, uh, we will be talking about that next. Uh, Kyle, do you have an idea of what you want to play after that? Uh, you know what, I don't yet. I think I'm going to reach out to the Discord, um, see if anyone has some votes on stuff. Got a couple of ideas, but I played most of them. Um, I think we've, somebody, we need to do Sea of Stars at some point. Star Ocean 2 would be a good one, and boy, am I smack dab in the middle of Dark Cloud 2 and having a good time with that as well. Awesome. Did you ever play the first Dark Cloud? Yeah, beat that about a year or two ago. Good time. Nice. Okay, cool, cool. I'm not well, going to have you guys do two, though. The trophies are disgusting. I mean, I'm going to do it eventually anyway, so if you want to pick it, that's fine. Good luck. <laughs> I mean, I made everybody play fucking Tactics Ogre, right? So it can't be worse than that. Yeah, that one was brutal. You, I, I still haven't finished there, it. There, there'd be an argument. There'd be an argument for 100% trophies for Dark Cloud 2 on that. Okay. Is that is that because of the picture taking shit, or is there something else like worse? No, you have to get a medal, every medal on every level in the game, including the golf and the fish. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Good luck. Don't Fun. don't pick that then. I don't want to do that yet. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'll get some other options again. Check the Discord. Maybe we'll have a vote or something. We're not playing fairy oh, tale shit. Blaine, so don't even, don't even say it. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, well, we do have a Discord. Uh, we have gotten some people to join and said hello, and then they fucked off. So, you know, if you guys want to join and say hello, but actually stay and talk, that'd be uh, much appreciated. Or come and lurk. Uh, here. There's no there's no pressure. No, there's lots of pressure. What are you talking about? Well, if from, you're in there. From you, not from me. Because <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. Cause there's as, only like four yeah. people that talk anyway, or whatever. Yeah, as soon as uh, uh, someone says hello or hey, this person joined the Discord, Nick's like, uh, one day, what, three three hours <laughs> before they leave. <laughs> it's like the first thing he fucking says. <laughs> it's it's self fulfilling prophecy, I guess. Fuck it. Yeah. I'm driving away. Uh. Like, I don't have the charisma of Brent, alright? it's No one does. I'm trying my best. <laughs> uh, we do have an email as well. It's rpgshow.podcast at gmail.com. I just checked. We don't have any emails, so moving on. We also have a Facebook uh, page that Kevin posts the shows to uh, every time he's finished editing them, so you can check that out too. Um there's an Amazon affiliate link you can click on to spend money on Amazon. I think it takes like 1% of your purchases or something and uh, gives it to us instead of Jeff Bezos. So that might be more than his employees make uh, every, every time you do it. Probably. Uh, otherwise, you can listen to our friends Blaine and James on the Is It Worth It podcast. I do believe they started that, that back up. Yeah. Or is that still not yet? Okay, yeah, cool. They've been cool. doing a couple of them. All right, sweet. Uh, any plans for you and him to do video games the movie anymore, or are you still just kind of waiting for something? Uh, I'm still we're still waiting to like get our lives back on track, basically. All right, that's cool. Um, uh, I, I have a new job, and it's hard for me even to do this. And then he's got his stuff going on, so 
I don't have a lot, as much free time as I used to, but eventually they'll come back. Okay, okay. Uh, Kyle, have you been on any other shows lately, or just that one from before? Uh, just the other one before they did a Game of the Year show that I was on, um, but nothing other. What's... Okay, cool. Do you want to tell us what it's called? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Games My Mom Found, uh, gamesmymomfound.com. Uh, I think they... Boy, just hit uh, 150,000 views on that one, so doing a good job there. Wow. Nice. Well, you ain't getting that traffic on this show. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> yeah, one us, day. Give us a plug on that show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, all right. Does anybody have anything else they want to add? Nope. All good. Cool beans. Well, as always, thanks for listening, and until next time... Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.
That one was a little bit better, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I, I hope everyone... I was, like, I was like, hold on, there's a button for this. Uh... Yeah. Well, I hope uh, it's either one of two ways. No one's going to give a fuck, or everyone just fucking hates it and just murders us over it. Either way, it'd be fun. Exactly. Like, it would drive some conversation, maybe. Yeah. Hey, I heard Brent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I heard Brent say bye, everybody, four times reverberating around my <laughs> fucking headset. What's up with that? Yeah, I don't know why it did, does that. That's so weird. Maybe it's a soundboard fucking thing. Cause it, it, there's Say goodbye, everybody. Like, God damn it. There's like, <laughs> there's like three of us in the chat, right? So it might be coming through three different uh, headsets, channels, or whatever. Maybe. But maybe it, like, uh, when it's recording, it only records the one? I don't know. I hope so. Because otherwise, it'd be unfortunate. Yeah, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't the way be it what is. I wanted to do. But. <laughs> 